across the UK, online and on DAB. Access all radios. Talk radio. Give it some lip. Talk radio. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Busy, um, start to the show, uh, this evening. It's film ring. Have you all done your homework? Have you all watched The Imposter? Because we're going to be talking about it now. There will be spoilers, guys. If you haven't seen it, we're going to be discussing all the twists and the turns. Um, we're going to speak to, uh, Charlie Parker as well, the private investigator. You can join in 0844 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Here's the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I'm a little busybody, though I know it's very shoddy. I insist on knowing what is going on with everybody, cause I'm such a busybody, always prying, always spying. I'm defying anyone to try to hide the fact from me. How Mrs. Jones is with the doctor, and her pulse is finally clocked. And suddenly she sees me peeking into all her friends. I'm shrieking, Mrs. Jones's valve is leaking. A mechanic she is seeking, cause her clutch needs overhauling, and her motor's always stalling. Mrs. Jones, you lonesome gal, you finally lost your trade in value. Now we come to Mr. Clunky, thinks that I'm a little punk. He's always keeping up with Jones, and while I tap his telephone, I learn that they will disconnect him soon. The bill they don't collect, the sheriff's gonna take it back. His brand new shiny Cadillac. So now I pass the news around that Mr. Clunk is bankrupt bound. I'm ruining his credit, and I know he won't forget it. Though he thought I was a little punk, the cabbage headed Mr. Clunk. I got the bank to fume and fret. They took his home, and better yet, they grabbed his television set because I'm such a busybody. <laughs> Busy body, if you drink an extra toddy, I will spot it long before you bought it. I'll be pointing to your house and telling folks that you're a souse. Though I admit I am a louse, it's so much fun to tell the neighbors that you're underneath the weather and they ought to get together using you as an example to the kids of what a trample do if he is off the wagon. Now your reputation's dragging cause you took an extra toddy and I'm telling everybody that you're more than slightly dizzy. Now I've got you in the tizzy cause I'm such a very busy little busy body. I'm the death of every party. You should hear the things I say when truth and consequence we play i state the age of mrs dunn i tell him she is 61 and that her face is lifted and her cargo slightly shifted there are couples kissing in the dark i use my flashlight for a lock and joan is hugging mortimer and she's engaged to mr shore i'm hiding in the cusper door and flash a light upon their face while they are locked in fun embracing mr shore then wrecks the place i'm such a busy body breaking up a lovely party Growing pale for in a chorus so endearing I have got the neighbors cheering Darling, what a lovely weight You weigh 188 You lick the pattern off the plate And then you bleed for more to eat You look just like a strange balloon That drifted to us from the moon And scientists must watch this step And see if you're a secret weapon That is how the gossip goes And all because I stick my nose In other people's dirty clothes A heavy winded guy am I don't need a breath to say goodbye Because I'm such a busy little busy body Busy booty busy body You tell me another radio show that's starting with Jerry Lewis. You tell me another radio show that's starting with Jerry, Jerry Lewis, and I will uh, pinch you in the nose. Good evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. It's uh, Monday night. It's talk radio. It is uh, uh, film ring. Have you all done your homework? There was homework that we set last week. The homework was, and I know lots of you have, 
was to watch a film called The Imposteur. The Imposteur, not The Impostor. The two different films, okay? Now, The Imposteur um, was recommended by a caller. I can't remember who. I apologise. Um, and it is absolutely nuts, right? That briefly, 0844-499-1000. Open season, you can call in. Your thoughts, your, your theories, you can tell me you hated it, you can tell me why you liked it. Right. The basic premise is, uh, a, uh, in the 90s, a 14-year-old boy um, goes missing in America. And uh, obviously his family are devastated and they're looking for him. Several years later, a French man, a grown man in Spain, turns up at a, 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 an orphanage, a children's home in Spain, claiming to be a child, and through... Well, through ingenuity on his part and slackness on the part of the authorities in Spain, he manages to find out that he thinks he looks a little bit like this American kid that went missing three or four years before. So he pretends to be Nicholas Barkley, the boy that went missing. And everybody buys the story. And eventually the family, um, who are very excited that the, their, their son, their brother, has, has turned up in um, Spain. The sister flies over to Spain to see what she thinks is their brother. He obviously isn't. And she looks at him and goes, oh, it's so good to see you, Nicholas. We've missed you so much. And then unfolds one of the weirdest incredible stories i have ever heard in my life oh wait four 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 nine nine one thousand i'd love to hear your theories on it he goes home he meets the family and um they all um you know are happy to see their long lost son stroke brother again frederick bourdin is the name of the uh the gentleman protect gentleman is it a misuse of the term if ever there was one that is the chap pretending to be the child Nicholas Barclay is the name of the child that has never turned up. Um, and one of the great characters in this film is, if you've seen it, and I know lots of you have, um, is the private investigator. The police and the FBI and all of that, they seem a little bit useless. But there's a private investigator in the film uh, called Charlie Parker who smells a rat. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to say we've got Charlie on the phone now. Good evening, Charlie. Hi, good evening. How are you, sir? It's nice to have you on board. Um, this is an incredible story. Have I got, I've got the summary about right, haven't I? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. When did you... Yeah, a lot of... Bread. Sorry, Charlie, say that again. There's a slight delay on the line. He had a lot of things in his favour. Uh, he was small in stature. Uh, he had no facial hair. Uh, very little body hair. He he looked the part of a teenage boy. He actually did look the part. How old? How old? He was in his early twenties, wasn't he? Yes, he was in his early twenties, twenty three. Right. And uh, but he did look the part. Um, and and uh, and it, it, it was easy for him over the years to fool a lot of people that way. But uh, but he used other tricks to fool them too. Uh, in fairness to the family, uh, we uncovered a, an 89-minute phone call between he and the grandmother. 
and he poked the grandmother for information, like what was the name of the dog, what was the name of our cat, and we learned that later, but we didn't know it then. And then he would feed that information back to the family, like whatever happened to our cat Smokey, or whatever happened to the dog, and he knew the names, see. So he, he was able to bring up names of neighbors. Uh, he's a very skilled individual in, in, in deception. He is. Um, whatever anyone may think of, of, of what he did and, and, and his general attitude, he's very, very clever, isn't he? Absolutely. He fooled, uh, but he's taken over 500 identities and he's fooled many, many people. Uh, he had the jawline of the real Nicholas Barclay. Uh, he had the nose of, uh, of, uh, one of the grandfathers. Uh, and, and when we, when we, under the Freedom of Information Act, we are able to pull FBI records in our country. We pull those records, and the FBI actually thought he was the real Nicholas Barclay. They took his photograph to a forensic artist. The forensic artist looked at the jawline and said, that's him. He's the real Nicholas Barclay. And that's when they put heat on me to get off the case. And uh, and I had already done the ear thing, and I knew it wasn't him. Well, let's let we'll, we'll, go, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the we'll go back to the ear thing in a minute because that's a brilliant um, d- deduction and bit of detection work that, that that you do. What was the gap, Charlie, between um, the the real Nicholas Barclay disappearing and Frederick Bordac pretending to be him? How many years had it been? It was three years, and uh, and and when Barclay came back. And I know what you're thinking. I know everyone out there is thinking that, that I know my child, yeah. and I'm, I'm positive that I could recognize him. But one, some of the things he did uh, that, that, that we found out, he endured himself to that family right from the start. Uh, I have worked with missing people all of my life, and I know that there are some cases where I could take a missing person and it not be the real person, and put it back in the family, and they would accept him because they had lost the one they loved. They would accept he or she. I mean, I've seen that actually happen. But in this particular case, there was an ulterior motive, you know. We didn't know that at the time. You know, no one suspected that at the time. What you, you mentioned the ear thing, and I think this is absolutely brilliant, and so many people, so many of my listeners have mentioned this on Twitter. Explain how you became 100% sure that it wasn't Nicholas. Well, I had seen, uh, I'd read in a book about Scotland Yard that when they caught uh, our famous, infamous murderer of Martin Luther King at Heathrow Airport, uh, James Earl Ray, the killer of King, had cut his ears, trimmed them off the bottom to, to uh, you know, to hide his identity. And Scotland Yard uses that, and I think has used it for years, the ears as an identifying factor. Yeah. So they were looking for that sort of thing at Heathrow Airport, and they spotted him that way. So I knew if I could get a picture of the ears, I knew that there were basically four different kinds of ears. And if his ears didn't match, he was not Nicholas Barclay. And uh, we found that out almost instantly. You know, we, uh, I asked the cameraman to zoom in close and get me a copy of the years. When he got me that, I took back, got back to my office and looked at it, and I knew right off the bat that he was not 
Nicholas Barclay. And I called Beverly and told her. And Beverly was the Beverly was the mother, wasn't she? Beverly was the mother, and and I called Beverly and told her. I said it's not him, Beverly. It's a, he's a fake, and apparently he was right there because Beverly couldn't uh, couldn't talk, you know. And uh, and and so uh, so I waited and called back, and uh, and she still couldn't talk. And then he called me and said. Uh, uh, you know, stay out of this. The FBI thinks I'm Nicholas Barclay. Uh, the Border Patrol thinks I'm Nicholas Barclay. Uh, everybody does, but you and you're nothing, you know. And uh, and I said, well, I don't know who you are, but if you bring harm to that family, I'll kill you myself. You know, I'll come and get you myself. And uh, and he, uh, I'd see it, it, it. It's an interesting thing to know that someone is not who they say they are, and everyone's believing that they are. I mean, it's a, it's a phenomenal feeling because you you uh, you know in your heart that he is not that boy. I've got shivers and, going uh, down my spine as you're telling this story, Charlie. It's incredible. He, there yeah, was it, a... it, uh, it, it disrupted our family somewhat, too, because I was right in the middle of it. I couldn't get out. I had the FBI on me. I had, uh, uh, you know, people, people just believed it was him. He's very, very persuasive. And there were some real obvious things um, that, that were different between Bourdain and Barclay, but he was so good at manipulating, it, he, he could explain it. The colour of the eyes, for example, were different. Uh, he, he, he concocted a really right. intricate backstory as to where he'd been for those three years, didn't he? Yes, he did. He said he had been in a, a sex slave camp and that they had injected... Uh, fluid in his eyes to change his eyes to brown. Uh, I, I, uh, immediately after he said that, I telephoned a, uh, uh, an ophthalmology school. Yeah. And, uh, and I talked to a professor and I said, is there any way you can change the color of a person's eyes? And he said, people that have glaucoma sometimes take shots that will make brown eyes browner or blue eyes bluer. But no one in the history of working with eyes has ever changed a brown eye to a blue eye or vice versa. You know, it just isn't done, and it's impossible. Um, his accent, uh, I, I, I called a linguist expert, a professor at Trinity University, uh, and I asked him, I said, this boy is still speaking, you know, still speaking with an accent. He still talks with an accent. And he's been free a pretty good while. And uh, he said it's impossible. He said, actually, uh, men that came out of the prisoner war camps in Vietnam would sometimes bow and take on the gestures of the Asians and take a little bit of an accent, but they would lose it after a week or two. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, so we knew we had a phony, but no one knew what to do, you know, and... Uh, uh, we did, did everything we could. Uh, what did you? What did you? What did you do, Charlie? Because if the FBI were saying, "Oh, please go away," we we know this is the real Barclay ca uh, case closed. Yeah. W what did you do to be well, believed? I put in, I put, this is not in the movie, but I put an undercover in out there with him, pretending to be a reporter. And what I was interested in getting the real Nicholas Barclay had a tattoo on his finger of of. Uh, it's called a Pachuco emblem, and that's that's a Mexican gang in right. San Antonio. Yeah, but he had left off some of the of the the the, the points on 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 the cross, 
and uh, we tried to get a picture of that. And I wanted to to have this person who was very skilled undercover, you know, find out more and more information about him. And uh, and we were working in that direction. Anything we could do to catch him. And in fairness, uh, I thought he was a spy. You know, we didn't know the word terrorist back then. We didn't know what, you know, no one ever mentioned that word yeah. after 9-11. And uh, I called a Frenchman that I knew that had worked in uh, in, in their uh, black ops, they call it, or their secret organizations. And he told me what he thought that uh, Barclay was, was a French Moroccan terrorist. And he used the word terrorist. Mm. And uh, and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he's probably there to blow something up. So I actually thought he was here as a spy. That's what I thought. And I, I, I didn't put the two and two together about the young boy till later on in the case. About the, you know, I knew he wasn't the missing Nicholas Barclay, but I focused on him more than I did the real Nicholas Barclay. And, uh, and, and trying to find out who the heck he was. And, and so I started following and, uh, and finding out where he went. Where, where did the, so when it, did the FBI come on side? When did they start to believe you? The FBI started to believe me when, uh, when they uh, wanted to get blood samples, just to be sure, and I wouldn't let it go. I went to the media. Uh, I had a friend here uh, that, that is a newsman, and I said, look, I got a guy that I know it's not who he said he is. And I said, I need to give him a polygraph, but I need it to be public. I need you to help me. Well, it's $400 for the polygraph. So the news guy wouldn't come up with the 400 He came up with 200 So I'm out busting my butt trying to get 200 more bucks. And we get the 400 and we go give him the polygraph. Well, you know what? He he actually kind of passes it. Yeah, it comes back. I he would. You know, it comes back that, that that they couldn't get a good reading because of him. And because uh, he's such so, a good liar, know, he's such a good liar. Yeah, he, he probably yeah, believed elements of his story. He is. He is. And uh, and he he probably did believe it. But that's what I thought he was. And we stayed with the news media. And then the pressure of the news media put pressure on the FBI to try to get blood tests, to keep it back going. And that's really what happened. I don't know what they would say to you today, but that is truly what happened. And and they uh, they began to, and see, Beverly would not take a blood test. She would not uh, do that. And, uh, and, and, you know, and everybody started getting really suspicious. So that's when I started looking at the real Nicholas Barclay and going around to the neighbors and talking and, uh, and finding out what he was really like, and, and that uh, there were problems inside the house, bad problems inside the house. Charlie, we'll get, and, we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get on to the, 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 the family in a second and some of the, the, the theories and stuff. Um, he yeah. eventually confessed to you, didn't he? Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he did. And uh, what happened, and I need, to, I need to make sure, I'm sure he's listening to this, but I need to say a few things to him. I... He, he's not a monster, and I made that comment early on, and I know he has children. Uh, he served his time. He served six years, hard, hard time. Uh, a lot of his time was spent in solitary confinement because he didn't get along with the other prisoners, and and he, he served his time. So he's not a monster, but what he was, he was caught up in the middle, 
And I think he was as frightened as I was. You know, I knew something was terribly wrong, and he was right in the middle of it. He was sleeping and eating dinner with him and talking to him, and he knew early on that, by God, they weren't accepting him. You know, they didn't really believe he was Nicholas Barclay. Mm. So he was in the middle of a buzzsaw. If you, you know, in England, I don't know if you use that word, but it's like a, a buzzsaw is going around and yeah. you're fixing to get cut. You know, and he uh, he was fighting to death, and the pressure got to him, and he cut himself, and he ran away, you know. Uh, and he uh, was put in an institution for a few days, and then they brought him back. Now, can you imagine when they brought him back and put him right back in that home where he knew that something bad was wrong. Mm. So he and I built up a relationship. And uh, and, I, and it's how we work. If we work on a stalker, we build a relationship with that stalker to where we know everything about him. And he, he talks to us because he knows, he wants to know what we know, see? So Barclay was, I mean, uh, Borgin was curious about what I was finding out anyway. But uh, he had his own troubles, is what I'm trying to say. And I think, uh, uh, I think uh, I, I'll tell you this towards the end, but I had some real, real uh, terrible moments about the case. Um, uh, after he was arrested, uh, I went back to Beverly, and I said, Beverly, I'd like to see where he stayed and where he lived, and I would like to go through his things. And I do that in any kind of case I work after I've done something or solved it, and I go back and I try to learn more about the individual so I can put it to other new cases that come up. So I go into the house where he lived, into the room, and he slept on the floor. And I went into his closet, and there were two pair of blue jeans and two shirts and a pack on the floor. The FBI didn't take any of his stuff. Uh, And I, I remember opening up the pack, and shaking out the, his belongings, and there was a, a, a back then it was a music device, you know, a, a little thing that put earphones in, yeah. and they would play CDs, and he listened to Michael Jackson, and his Michael Jackson tapes were still there. And I looked at that, and I leaned back against the wall, and I slid down the wall, and uh, adrenaline, you know, sometimes the case is over, it makes you cry, and, and I kind of broke a little bit. And I thought, Jesus Christ, what have I done? This guy may have really just been here to find a home. You know, he was as worse off as I was. And I know this is giving you an opinion that you probably didn't expect. Yeah. But he was in the middle of a dangerous situation. And I was in the middle of a dangerous situation. And uh, so we we had that likeness about us. And... uh, and I began to feel sorry for him for what had happened, and I truly did. In uh, all of my investigation, I followed him constantly. He never did anything wrong. He never stole any money. He never hurt anybody. He never went to a base and blew up anything, which I thought he would do. Mm. So he was in a world of hurt, just like me. We both had a lot of things in common. And... uh and I felt some empathy and some compassion for him at that time. Now, what he did was despicable, and it can't be undone. But he got inside that family. He knew they weren't really accepting him. And uh, 
uh, it must have been a, a, a real real challenge for him Charlie, as, a, as an impersonator. Charlie, I have to play some ads. Are you okay for another ten minutes or so? Is that all right? Sure. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm finding this absolutely fascinating, and, and it, I mean, you're, you're giving us so much insight into the film and stuff that wasn't in the film, and it's just... It's just exciting speaking to a private investigator as well. Let's be honest. We don't get too many of them over here. Charlie, stay there. We'll come back to you in a second. Tris and Evan, I know you want to have a word as well. Um, this is fantastic. I'm loving this. Uh, this is Talk Radio. Let's have some ads. We're talking The Imposter. I know lots and lots of you have watched it. If you haven't, you can still watch it and still enjoy it. It's on YouTube. You can get the DVD very, very cheaply. It's an amazing film um, about Frederick Bourdain, a French guy, a French man, pretending to be an American child, young ma- young teenager, um, that had gone um, missing. We've got Charlie Parker on the line. Charlie, you still there? Beautiful. Yes, huh? We did ask Frederick to come on the show, and I have been okay. speaking with Frederick via Twitter... And not anymore because he's blocked me. Um, Frederick, first of all, he, he said no. Then he wanted 500 euros. And we, we don't, you know, we have a policy not to pay for guests. Um, yeah. He ended it with calling me a parasite who said, he's a brilliant turn of phrase, my word is as precious as a hair on a spoon. And he told me to get lost. I know some of the listeners have also very politely, uh, you know, mentioned that we're talking about the film tonight. And he has, um, he has been very, very rude to them so if just suggesting to the listeners don't bother him don't get in touch with him don't harass him or any of those things that's not what this is about um were you ever scared of him charlie i was in uh what i did uh in our country uh as you're aware i mean you've seen all of us we are allowed to carry guns and uh when i thought he was a terrorist yeah uh, and that's what i thought he was i carried a gun in a little ankle holster and I showed it to him. I flashed it because I was wanted him to know if he tried to do anything to me, I had a weapon. And uh, and I, I let him see it when I raised my pants leg up and saw it. But uh, he was wiry. I didn't know if he would be, you know, be able to use a knife or how he could mm. how he could handle himself. But uh, I never turned my back on him. And, and I, you know, you, you're brave one day and afraid the next. That's what life's really like. I can sit here and say I'm a big, bad, tough private investigator, and one day I'm brave, the next day I'm scared to death. So <laughs> that's really how life is in this business. Charlie, we have and, a we uh, have a couple of listeners. Who, we have a couple of listeners who'd like to have a quick word. Let's just let's put them through and see if this works. We're having a little yeah. bit of trouble with our phones. Tris, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I can. Yeah. Tris, you're through to Charlie Parker. It might be a little bit of crack on the line, but what would you like to say? Hi, Charlie. Um, obviously. Um, you know, when you see the film, you, you only get a very, very small percentage of everything that happened. But what I came away right. thinking was uh, with the family that I, I think they knew from day one that it wasn't him. But I wonder whether it was maybe just part of the uh, part of the grieving process, like something's better than nothing. And maybe they were just trying to maybe it wasn't sinister. Maybe it was just them trying to shoehorn. The missing piece of their family back into their life. I don't know what you think about that. I think I think at the airport, the scene at the airport, it's fairly obvious that that they didn't, you know. Uh, and he covered his face a lot. Uh, and and the, the eye contact between he and Beverly. But what what uh, what happened? Uh, Beverly was a late night worker. She worked the night shift at a donut factory. She made donuts. Okay, all night long, and she would come home and sleep during the day. 
I believe Nicholas Barclay was killed during the day by his brother, Jason. Uh, when we interviewed neighbors, we know that they fought constantly. Uh, I interviewed Jason over and over, uh, and Jason committed suicide. Jason, for those uh, who don't know, was, was an older brother who... Um, uh, uh, he was I an older brother. And he had issues... I don't know if it, with, with, it, he had the issues when um, Nicholas went missing, but he did later on have drug issues, didn't he? And he committed suicide. He had- he did, and, and that's interesting at a time, you know, when he committed suicide. But uh, what I did is is uh, really investigate the case and, and uh, uh, interviewed Jason himself, and you'll notice that Jason did not come to the airport. Mm. Now, that's his long-lost brother, and he did not come to the airport, so he knew it was not him. But I believe it happened in the daytime. We have uh, records to prove that Jason never went to work that night. Uh, I don't believe Jason had ever killed before, so I still believe the body is close by. Uh, I don't think he would have the nerve to put it in the truck of a car and drive it 20 miles. There's also uh, mention, I, there's also mention, Charlie, sorry to interrupt, there's also mention of, of, of Jason meeting Bourdain once and kind of saying to him, good yeah. luck, and then never meeting him again. That's right, that's right. He never went back again. And and Jason was... was uh, Kind of a, 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 even though he was an addict, he had a dynamic personality, and he was very likable, and you could get along with him. And I could say things to him like, uh, "I think you killed your brother," and he would he would in a kidding way say, "Well, you're thinking wrong," but I laid my work out to him, you know. Now what I did is I went to the motel where he committed suicide, and I took the photographs from the crime scene when they found his body. Uh, the police found his body, and I laid the photographs all around the motel room where they were in the beginning. Mm. I pretended I was in that motel room with Jason. Now, Jason was an addict, carried a guitar pick in his pocket to scoop the cocaine and heroin with. He was the type of person that that uh, would would go on binges for drugs. But what a drug addict would have done had he gone into that motel room was take his drugs and put the largest portion of them up in a ventilator or hide them and take just enough to use. Then he would go back and get the other. It's just the nature of their business, Mm. okay? Jason didn't. He laid everything out on the sink. And I think he was there to die, to commit suicide. And he died from an overdose of heroin, and he's a very skilled heroin addict taken it all of his life and he would not have taken an overdose without it being on purpose charlie we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll we'll carry on with that theory in a second i just want to bring evan into the conversation evan you're through to charlie parker what would you like to say hi hi ian hey hey evan hi hi Kevin. by the way before i go on my point i was the person who suggested Oh, was it you that suggested the yeah. imposter? Oh, well, bless you, because you've given us, well, a pleasure is the wrong word, but you've certainly given us a lot to think about, Evan. It's, uh, but, well, thank you very much indeed. Have you got a question for Charlie? Yes, I do. Go on. Hi, Charlie. I was just wondering Hi. how you, like, discovered him by the ears and that. How we did, we did that? Well, we, we had heard about that before, as I said earlier, uh, to where that Scotland Yard had done that. And uh, and so we used that technique on him, and immediately 
that he wasn't the right person. Something fun for your listeners to do if they have iPhones is to go to a party and take pictures with their iPhones yeah. at people's ears. <laughs> Lay the iPhones down and let them look at the ears and see how really different they are. You know everyone's going to be and doing that. Now. I, 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 we can make a fortune, I, Charlie, I, I, with an I app. They do. No, it will amaze you. It will amaze you what you'll see. And uh, people have different different uh, uh, ways. It's, it's almost like fingerprints. I'm, I'm the only one out of my wife and my two young children, Charlie. I'm the only one that's got earlobes. Everyone else has got a very curved ear, and I've got a little bit dangling down. At the end of the film, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's shot beautifully. It's a stunning film. At the end of the film, we see you in the back garden of what used to be Beverly and Nicholas's house it isn't anymore right. um digging right. a big hole did you find right. anything we did not find him but there are two other places in that yard that i want to dig but that was all real what you saw there yeah that was not staged honestly that man was a cop and he was renting that house and he had told us that he had found pieces of plastic his dog had found them where that where we dug but there are two other sections I would like to dig. Since the movie came out, a lady has told us that in the bathroom, uh, where the bathtub was, underneath is dirt, not not uh, not wood or not cement. Yeah. So we want to look there too. But in Texas, it the, the owner has the option of not letting you look without a police warrant. Right. And as far as the police think, it's closed. Jason did it. It's over, but I want to find that kid's body. Oh, do, I that, think we owe that. To, Charlie, do the do the police accept then that 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 Jason murdered Nicholas, or is it is it just a big question mark oh, yeah. hanging over it? Oh yeah, sure they do. The FBI accepts it. Everybody does. It, it's uh, it's it's really what happened. And uh, Beverly had brought Jason in because the true Nicholas Barclay was acting out so bad. He had hit a teacher. Can you imagine? He had a school teacher. Yeah. He couldn't play with any of the kids because he had beat them up. And, and uh, he was in trouble in the neighborhood. No one wanted him around. And the kid was just wild as a March Hare, you know. There was just something about him that was made him wild. And, uh, and he's a changeling. One other thing I want to tell you, listeners, the real Nicholas Barclay was a changeling. All of your kids, if you look at them, are changelings. One day you look at your child and he looks like a rock star. Yeah. The next day he looks like a soldier. The next day he looks like something else. And as they age and grow, they change. So the family, they didn't know what to expect. Even though, had they been a normal family, had they not been part of any of the, of the thing, they might have just accepted him and, and gone, it would have gone on and nothing would have happened. You see? But, uh, but it, it it just happened that hard copy called and wanted to hire me and and uh, and and we stayed on the case. You know? Charlie, what what are you it's working on? I know that, that you won't let this rest, and this this all happened a few years ago. But you, you, you're still following it through. What 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 are you working on now? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I, cases I've got now. I've got mostly stalking cases. We have a lot of that in 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 our uh, in Texas where uh, uh, stalkers are you know, hunting people down. I'm doing bodyguard work. I still have in the back of my mind a lot of things since the movie, a lot of people that I've talked to that have come forward. Uh, 
and and we're, we're literally keeping the case alive through yeah. programs like you. Yeah. You know, when people put it back on the radio or put it on TV, and uh, and it makes people really look and listen. It's it's. And, uh, and I'm grateful that you would ask me to even talk on it. So other people out there listening may have new ideas. Just yeah. Tweet them, Twitter them to me, and uh, and I'll take any ideas they have. You know. Final question. So final question, Charlie. Do, do, do you? Um, okay. There's a there's a really telling scene um, in the movie when the lady from the FBI phones up the sister and says, that is not your brother. I'm bringing him back on an aeroplane. They've, they've gone off somewhere. It is not your brother. Do not meet us at the airport. And the sister, bizarrely, turns up at the airport, pretends that conversation never happened, and embraces yeah. him and said, Nicholas, it's great. You're coming home with me. Do you yeah. do you think... I think that- they didn't... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you do you suspect that maybe the, uh, Beverly, the mother, and the sister, um, knew what Jason had done? I believe afterwards they knew it. Right. I don't believe they participated in a conspiracy to kill him. I don't believe, but I believe afterwards they did it. I think Carrie was caught up in a thing. Her boss was paying her way to Spain. Uh, she wanted so badly to believe it was him. I don't think Carrie was involved in any kind of conspiracy at all. I think Beverly found out about it later. And I believe uh, Beverly is aging on. I believe that Beverly will eventually tell me what happened. I think she will someday. And I hope and pray that she does and that that we resolve this. And, uh, you know, as far as the police are concerned, it's it's, it's a, a victimless crime. And uh, they, they know who did it, and if the case is over. But uh, I, I will not let it rest. I can, I can promise you that. Such a, such a sad... I mean, it's fascinating, but such a sad story on so many levels. Charlie, um, you know, if you get any further, do please get in touch, and we'll have you on at a moment's notice. It's, it's been such a thrill to talk to you, Charlie. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Absolute Bye. pleasure. From, from Texas. Charlie Parker. What a... Um, I nearly swore there and say, what a head flip. <laughs> it really is. Wasn't it great hearing it from him? Wow. Wow, what a voice. Um, well, film ring carries on now. Now it's up to you as to how we play this. That can be it. And we've done 40 minutes of radio and that's beautiful. We move on and we start messing around on the phones. Or you can call in with your theories or your thoughts on the film. I know, interestingly, that some of you hated the film, couldn't get through it. That's all valid as well. You know, we're not all going to like all of the films that we choose to watch. And you can find out myself, I thought the film was rubbish. It's boring. They missed loads out. It was, it was flawed. You, you can say that's all groovy, man. You know, there's no right or wrong answer. So it's up to you. 0844 499 1000. I'd love to hear your theories. I'd love to know why you think the family um, were so uh, 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 willing to take this character on as their missing son and their missing brother oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand or if you don't fancy that we can just you know go back to the normal business film ring is film ring is fluid guys you know it has no uh, set boundaries it can go on all night or it can it can finish now it's entirely up to you oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand i'm ian lee this is talk radio 
844 is the phone number. We will talk about this a little bit longer, but of course, as, as per usual... Oh, let, let me just move that. As per usual... Um, you can call in about anything you want, you know, but uh, Catherine uh, Boyle joins me in the studio. Yes. You, did you enjoy the film, first of all? Because I know a lot of people hated it. Enjoy isn't the word, is it? I found it really well, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I thought the first part of it, he annoyed me. To I can understand why some people t- turned it off. Yeah. Because he, you know, just watching this smug... I, I, stylistically... But it was amazingly done. I thought it was beautifully done uh-huh. with the with the um, the dr- dramatised scenes. They dropped that about halfway through that, yeah. though, which was a shame, because I like that. I, I liked it. He would fade from his account to the, the actors speaking his words. And also, one has to be aware that with every documentary, there's going to be a constructed narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, there is not... It's a film. And it's, it is a film that is coming from the bias, from the perspective, from the whatever of the director, of the guy that's, in this case, the guy that's made um, the film. And I think you, whenever you're watching a documentary, and it's hard to because I get kind of sucked in, but I do think, well, why did they keep that bit in and why didn't they do that bit? And yeah. I would have asked that. And why haven't they, you know, but the, 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 they are following a narrative. Yeah, and the details about Nicholas. I mean, when you first started hearing about this kid, I mean, he looks like a little angelic blonde kid. Yeah. And, you know, you hear that he went off to play basketball one day and never came yeah. home. And then later on in the documentary, you hear that, you know, maybe things weren't quite as idyllic as it looked, you know, and this kid that wandered off to play basketball was possibly involved in darker stuff and um, had a hard time at home and wasn't quite... I mean, I think his mum said he wasn't the nice, innocent kid that you'd think he was, you know. Um, And I watched the Q&A afterwards. On the DVD, some DVD. of you won't... If you've watched this on YouTube or Vimeo, you won't have seen it. On the DVD, there is an excellent Q&A with the producer, the director and Charlie, hosted by John Ronson. Because I wondered whether they'd done that on purpose, you know, whether the directors had deliberately led you along a path, you know, where you thought that this kid was, you know, just a poor innocent... And of course he is an innocent victim. You know, whatever happened to him, he didn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, but didn't tell you the details of his home life, didn't give you details about what he used to get up to in the street and stuff. And they knew, but apparently they didn't. They dropped things in as and when they they found out themselves, you know. Um, And bored that, and anyone who is... And and, and don't harass him on Twitter, because it's not what this is about. I've asked people just to let let him know. I imagine he's listening now. Frederick, you're more than welcome to call, call up. We will call you back. 0844 499 But I, I, as I say, I had messaged him and I was, I was hoping I could play to, play up to his ego and that he'd want to. But, um, apparently he's not seen the film. I don't believe that. Um, and, and he blocked me. And, um, and so I asked people just to let him know that we were going to be doing it tonight. And, I mean, vile, the sea bomb being bandied around. Yeah, he's quite fruity with his language, isn't he? And bitches and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's vile, which is his prerogative to do that, if that's what he wants to do. Um, It was undeserved. The questions were not rude. But then again, I suppose we know our listeners, some of them deserve (laughs) that, let's be honest. Some of them do. (laughs) He wasn't to know that. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I mean, but but, but what's interesting in the film is the reveal that when they they finally work out that he's wanted by Interpol, and he has done this dozens and Mm -hmm. dozens and dozens of times. Yeah. All these different names, all these different places. What were the, I mean, there's a a wee bit in there as well when he's in the Spanish children's home, and uh, he says, yeah, what I need, right, is I need to be in the office on my own 
all night yeah. so I can phone up my mum and tell her that I've been found. Because it's in America and there's a time difference. And they go, yeah, okay, fine. And that's when he, he spends, like, all, literally all night ringing around all of the police departments in America, finding out what missing children, what missing people there were to see if he, he, he thought he looks <laughs> like any of them. show up on their phone bill? You would think so. You would think so. Also, a vulnerable kid like that, why would you... you it just wouldn't happen, would it? But then you speak to... Then they, then they actually spoke to the police officer, didn't they, later yeah. on, and said, you know, would you have given him this information? Oh, no, we never do that. And then they went, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah, we faxed we, it to yeah, him. Yeah, we faxed it to him. It's... I mean, it re- uh, you, you can still see the film, guys. Please, you know, still watch the film. Um, you know, it, it, it's worth doing. I'm, I'm worried about this call, but we'll take it. Yes, Rob? So... Hi, you, Kathy. All right. Hey, oh. I've seen you've tweeted. Yeah, King Ralph. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that you've you've tweeted to um, Frederick Bourdain. Yeah. Hi, hi, fella. In terms of the film, can I ask? Do you think King Ralph should have stayed on as the king? Well, that's a valid question. It is a valid I question. I think you might get a C bomb for that, and I can't defend you against it. I got, um, I got, oh, hang on a second. I went to see, um, King Ralph at the cinema. Did you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Good paid, for you, fella. Hey, top dollar to go and see that. Isn't it that the royal family gets blown up by a bomb? <laughs> Every single one. No, no. There's a dodgy photographer, Ian. Oh, yeah. And they all get together for a photograph, and because it's raining, the dodgy photographer wipes out the entire royal family. Now, what happens is they have to seek around the world for the next royal heir. And it turns out one of the old kings had a fling, and that's led to lounge singer Ralph Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, he's not reading this, guys. He knows this. He actually know. knows this. So, anyway, he becomes yeah. King Ralph. Uh-huh. And he's helped out by Peter O'Toole, and there's a clever twist. He plays, um, he plays um, Great Balls of Fire on the piano, doesn't it? It's yes, the only bit I remember from it. With Ralph and the Duquettes at the end. He is, um, what's that, what's his name? John Goodman. John, John Goodman, Goodman is, I'm gonna say this, after James Franco, who's my new gay, gay, uh, choice, mm. um, J- John Goodman is the second best actor in the world. Everything he is in even if it's so-so, he just brings it up a notch. He raises everybody he was, else's game. I'll tell you what, he was excellent in Monsters, Inc. Excellent in Monsters, Inc. Ex- excellent in True Stories. Excellent in uh, Mother Night. He's excellent in every... Roseanne. Ex- Mother Night. Yeah. It's him and Nick Nolte, the insane genius. Nick Nolte is insane. I mean, like, <laughs> properly nuts. They just put him in front of a camera and, it, you know, it, he's lucky if he's not turned up in his pyjamas. He's got actual clothes on. He's nuts, <laughs> Nick Nolte. <laughs> But James Franco, James Franco is is my new gay choice. This weekend, I caned thanks to. Um, He's often um, doing like bed shots and stuff. Well, exactly. There, thanks to Rob Bernay's um, help this weekend, uh-huh. I um, watched all of um, the television series eleven, twenty two, sixty three, or as I like to call it, the British. 22 11 63 where james franco um goes through a cupboard at the back of a diner back to 1960 oh it's like america goodnight sweetheart kind of yeah he does sing a beatles song he, he goes oh, i wrote it with me mates john paul george and ringo she goes what he goes ah oh, you'll know and he goes back <laughs> in time to save president kennedy right right it, have you seen it rob 
He's on my list to watch. It, I you, did it in two you days. Had, you it, had the big telly. I was downstairs. You had the big telly upstairs. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> it is flipping brilliant. And at the end, the end is all schmaltzy, and, and I was in floods of tears. Floods of tears. Beautifully done. Well done, James Franco. Good guy. Good actor. He does a lot of the, um, w- when I used to act, when I was in a sitcom, <coughs> and someone saw... Lo- Are you all right there, Rob? Sorry, coughing. Someone, there, there is a persuasionist reunion happening, Rob. Gosh. And someone described my acting style as the, someone described my acting style as the who's farted acting, where I'd go like that a lot. Oh, yeah. He does a lot of who's farted. Does that squint, Yeah, but he's it? also good. Yeah, he's bloody good. Best actor in the world. Is it one season, or is it one of these that's open to life? One season. One, it's a contained Ooh. story. I, this is why I watched it. It's yeah. a contained story. Eight episodes. There's a start, there's an ending. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. We finished. It's a wrap. See you, series that's two. There point. is no series two. I'll get a watch. Yeah. Anyway, Rob, what, what would you like to say? Uh, King Ralph for the next film ring, and, uh, gonna get me a call like James Franco! It doesn't work, does it? No, it does And also, it's no. when you say James Franco in that high-pitched voice, it, it sounds, like like, say, yeah. sounds like you're saying, um, James Winker. Alright, then. Love you, Kath. See you soon. I love you back. Um, he's in Cloverfield Lane as well, John Goodman. Oh. I thought you were going to say Franco. No, I don't really know a lot about Franco. Was he, was he in, like, what was he in? What did he get famous in? Um... My, oh, I don't know, apart from the dreams of many. I just like him. He's got that kind so, of um, glint of madness yeah. that, I, that appeals to me. Yeah. Like Dennis Quaid used to do it for me when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. Mental. Yeah, m- mental. Yeah, I could flip out any time. Okay. I'll wait for 499. That's what I go for. 1000 is the... Like Jerry Lewis? No. I'm really getting into my Jerry Lewis at the moment, as you heard from that brilliant song at the start of the show. I love it. You find him annoying. I find yeah, him annoying. I, I find, find him, him annoying. A bit, mm, yeah, he's a bit like how Jim Carrey I never used to like when he was doing his rubber face stuff. That scene that I showed you, the clips from a scene. That was I funny. You, that was brilliant. Skillful. That was, was brilliant. Of, um, but uh, it would annoy me. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I find people him annoying. People nearly knocking things over repeatedly is kind yeah. of annoying. Um, I just, um, I'm just trying to um, access my inner child, and I remember as a kid loving those films, loving Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin films, and even the, some of the, his, his solo films, like The Nutty Professor, and, um, um, oh, what's the one, um, it's, it's called, like, The Chambermaid, but it's not, uh... anyway, it doesn't matter, um, but so I'm going through a very big Jerry Lewis, I'm reading this massive tome about him, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so, uh, exactly, oh, well, good luck with that. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four 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 nine nine with us. I've got a blinding headache. I'm yeah, taking all tell. those all those pills you've given me. You give me um, snake eye. I've got some more, but I don't think you should take any more. Shut up! You don't know what you don't know. Well, and um, I'm licking my lips. I'm going to if I start yawning, we're in trouble. We are screwed. We watched I for the first time this weekend. Mm-hmm. We watched Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, never seen it before. And I remember when it, I've seen bits of it. I remember when it came out. This microphone sounds crap when you're on that, so if we we'll swap later for that moment, it's fine for the moment. I remember when it came out, my friend Richard, we don't get on now, um, said, I wonder if in 20 years' time, because the, the special effects were so amazing. They were, yeah, they were. Will we be able to see their special effects? Well, 20 years ago, me, yes, you can. Actually, they're a little bit pony, it turns out. Oh, yeah, that's a shame. Um, and the boys got bored by it. <gasps> my yeah. sister fell asleep in the cinema when we went to see that. It's not. It's not all that, is it? It's no, very but slow. You've got to remember Sam that back Neil's then good. it was about showing off the special effects. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bit. 
slow, really. And no, all right, this is the phone in. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Insane actors. Goldblum. Actors oh yeah. That at any moment could snap. Yeah, they've got that. Goldblum. Quaid. N- Quaid and Nolte. That's and what we've got so far. Franco. Franco, but he's kind of he's medicated, I suspect. <laughs> I may I may actually be right on that. I don't know. I know Nolte was for a while. Anyway, oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Evening, dear listener. Don't be shy. Quiet on the phones. There's no reason for that. You're more than welcome to call in. You don't have to if you don't want. Me and Kath will just sit here chatting. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, we call you back. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a man. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, gone past with a girl named Bo. But somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a death-defying life I lead. I take my chances. I die for a living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies Kiss some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building I might roll a brand new car Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That made Redford such a star Never spent much time in school, but I taught ladies plenty. It's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so fine. And I don't want to get too meta, guys. I don't want to get too meta, but we do have to establish um, uh, how well Film Ring works as a radio thing. Uh, we've done it twice. We're not going to do it every week. We might do it every other week, every third week, something like that. Um, but I'm aware that some people might not dig it, and it might not be for everyone. And, and a couple of people have suggested, well, if you haven't seen the film, you wouldn't dig it. Well, we asked about that last time, and it seemed that people did enjoy it if they hadn't seen the film. Do give us your thoughts, honestly, you know, whether it... Because um, I don't like features anyway. I'm very anti-features, and this would be the closest I've come to doing a feature out of choice for for a long, long time. I think it's good. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, there's like film 2016. You watch that without seeing all the films. That's not a bad thing, is it? But they don't, they don't go into as much detail about, about the, you know, don't devote an hour of radio mm. uh, 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 to it. So I don't know. Your thoughts, please. 0844 499 1000. Um, bonkers actors, uh, Lindsay Lohorn. <laughs> Um, Nicholas Cage, oh yes. Cage. Uh, Gary Busey, of course. Um, and Klaus Kinski, I don't know who Klaus Kinski is. So, um, we'll have to see. Oh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Is, uh, Dennis Quaid's brother, Randy Quaid, still on the run from the law? I don't know. Was he on the run from the yeah, law? Yeah, he what? and his wife. 
Um, oh, Charlie Sheen, of course. No. No, but I'm saying Charlie Sheen yeah. is, is, is but, nuts. Yes. Um, Randy Quaid and his wife. Randy Quaid's got a massive beard, bigger than yours now, like proper Grizzly Adams. And he ran off to Canada with his wife. They'd been squatting in their own home. They were convinced that they were going to be the victims of this Hollywood murder ring. A murdering? A murder ring. Murdering, well. That had been killing off, um, you know, film stars. And so they sort Hang of... On, what film stars have been killed off by the murdering? I don't know. Let me look into it because it's been a while. I think they're still on the run, though. Let me check. Um... I've been reminded, Teresa, Teresa, thank you. James Franco, of course, was in the TV series Freaks and Geeks. Yes. That's who he was. Oh, and he was the cool stoner. Such a good program. Mm -hmm. Such a good program. And there's a sort of an unofficial sequel called. It's not a sequel, but it's a lot of the same cast. And they're all at college. Can't remember what it's called. Um, Noah Simon, stay there. Let's go to Tom. Yes, Tom. Oh, hi, hi, Ian. How you doing? Wow, Randy Quaid looks like, um... Father um, Christmas. No, he looks like an American comedian, um, who's in the Sarah Silverman show when he grew a big bushy beard. Can't remember his name. I'm oh, good, thank you, Tom. What you got for us? Well, it's, it's actually a bit of medical advice. Yes. But completely free. Oh, beautiful. I like that, yes. You mentioned you had a very nasty headache. Yes, sir! Yes. Drink a pint of water. What? A pint of water. What? O over the course of the next half an hour, rehydrate you. You don't need medicine. Well. I think I, well, I think I am. I'm, I'm drinking a lot of water at the moment, because I'm trying to lose weight, although I'm going to be honest, the last five days have just been a car crash for that start again tomorrow. Um, I have been drinking a lot of water. In fact, I need to go and do pee pee now. Oh, okay, uh, maybe you're drinking too much water. Whoa, <laughs> Thomas! Doctor, I'm starting to doubt your come, credentials. Come on, Thomas. Uh, well, yeah, I doubt them myself, so I, so I don't blame you. <laughs> I was always told, we're not going to do a, um, a phone-in of, I've got a terrible headache, what would you, how would you cure it? Because I've, I've actually done that back in the day. But someone told, taught me, that if you rub the fleshy part between your thumb and your Peter, uh, Peter Pointer finger, if you, if you rub, rub it quite hard, you feel it. It's feel, does it feel tense in yours, no. uh, Catherine? Right. It feels tense in mine because I've got a headache. And if you, if you, um, do it really hard, it will ease. And it works a bit, actually. It will ease the tension in your head. Being cold for me is the cure all the time for headaches and migraines. If I sit in my car... It's not that cold in here, you know. This is, it go, it's as cold as it'll go. It's on, it's on 17. That's as cold. This is why I hate coming into a hot studio. Hate it. Um, no, it's good. You want it on... Oh, fan, fan. Yeah, I was going to put it on fan. See is fan better than cool? Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's find out. cold in here. Normally I feel it. Tom, thank you for that suggestion. Did you enjoy film ring? I'm afraid I only tuned in a, a few moments ago. Oh, you absolute... Where... What were you doing for the last hour, Tom? I've been playing music all evening. Oh, what have you been playing? Uh, well, uh, what, what, what specifically? You mean what, what instrument? What genre? Let, let's start with the instrument, and then we're going to guess that we're going to guess the music. W uh, well, um, if you do, uh, hats off. It's uh, I, I play an amateur in, in an amateur group, an amateur yeah. orchestra, uh, a viola, viola. Oh. It's slightly larger than a violin. Oh, beautiful! A vi I know what a viola is. I had on Radio Four the other day on Front Row. Now this microphone still sounds crap because you're on there um on radio four the other day they on the uh, front row the arts program they had like a, a um a, a distant relative of the violin and i can't remember what it was called but it was the most 
god awful racket. Yes, it was probably a vial. It was a vial! It was a vial! It was the most awful! And this, there, this is orchestra that play the vial. Turns out it's not actually related to the violin. Uh, it's related to something else. I can't remember what. Um, and they were going, well, this sounds, uh, yeah, this sounds really great. Um, why don't you, uh, play us a piece now? And they would play a piece and it was bloody, it was like cat screeching. It sounded horrendous. It's an awful thing. No wonder it's a long forgotten, almost dead instrument. Let it die. Yeah, it should be, it should be. I, I knew someone that made a living, uh, playing medieval type instruments, yeah. including the viola a bit later. He, he went from pub to pub. And one evening, about midnight, the, uh, the cops saw him getting out of the, uh, loading up all these instruments into his car and followed him. And they got fed up because he, they followed him for 10 miles and he hadn't gone anywhere. So they pulled him over in the rain. Yeah. And they said, what's in your van? And he said, uh, some medieval instruments. And, uh, they said, we don't believe you. And he said, all right, I'll play them. And, and, and he played every one. Well, actually, he didn't play every one, but it was, as you said, the racket was horrendous. So they, they just let him go. I hope when he plays those instruments for money, they pay him in shekels and groats. <laughs> Yes, yes, or tomatoes. Okay, so you're playing the viola. That's it. So you were playing, um, country music. Well, it it was composed in a country, (laughs) but it was uh, classical. Very generous, Tom, very generous. Thank you, mate. All right, man, thank you very much for calling, I appreciate that. We're going to try one more thing. Catherine, can you try that? Flipping it. Because it sounds awful. When another mic is open, close that mic, please, Emma. When another, there we go. And now it sounds all right. When another mic is open, my mic sounds bloody awful. So try that one. Just open that one, please. Let's have a a listen. I think that's that's better, but now I bet you sound tinny. Well, hang on, let's find out. I mean, but... <laughs> while you're doing that, let's talk to Noah. Yes, Noah! Hello. Uh, oh, it's Jonathan! How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Jonathan. How are you? I'm fine. I've got two bonkers actors for you. Yes. And a sinister actor. Oh, OK, OK, we can do that. We can do sinister as well, yes. OK, well, the actor would be Terence Hardiman. Who's Terence Hardiman? Terence Hardiman played the demon headmaster oh, in yeah. the, uh, children's oh, show. Fl- well, but I wouldn't say he was a nuts actor. I would just say that he was good at playing a nuts person. I, I, he's very sinister yeah. on screen. Yeah, um, but that's just acting. Ed- oh, yeah, he's an excellent yeah, actor, yeah. no doubt about it. But yeah. every time he would appear as the chief abbot on Cadfile, <laughs> me and my friends would think, well, he did it and hypnotised some other bloke to <laughs> take the rap. Uh, you've just reminded me, which one of the Fox brothers went bonkers? Is it James Fox or Edward Fox? Uh, I think it Edward. was Jay. I, th- I thought it was James Fox. One of them made a film with Mick Jagger called Performance in 1969, right? And, um, it's a horrible film. I don't think it's particularly good, but it's become a bit of a cult classic. And, um, it is rumoured that um to get into the part of someone uh, who is a straight who then um you know kind of becomes brainwashed by mick jagger who is not straight um mr fox took loads of lsd and um it it broke him as a as a human being it broke him and he went and lived in a monastery for years now, if it was oh, James, James Fox, was it James Fox? Well, I've, I've worked with James Fox. I've worked with James Fox and um, Mariah. Just a posh way of saying Maria. Um, she was married to a politician. Oh, flipping! Eh? Maria, Mariah. She was so sexy, like an older woman, and she just exuded. Everyone, all the men wanted to please her. Not pleasure. <laughs> not pleasure. Her. 
Well, they did want to pleasure her, but they wanted to just please her and make her happy. But type in Jinnah, Mariah, the wife of a politician. Put Mariah actress. Mariah Aitken. Jeremy Aitken's, um, he went to prison, didn't he? Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Um, and go on, who else you got for us, Jonathan? Well, the bonkers actors, uh, uh, first of all, you got Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that, yes. Yeah. And the other one, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, oh, of course. You always suspect that Jack Nicholson is, um, just one line of cocaine away from collapsing on set. Do you remember when Christian Slater was the new Jack Nicholson? <laughs> I've met, I've met Christian, as I like to call him. They've got the same eyebrows, haven't they? Um... Yeah, uh, yes they have. He's good, he's good, Christian. Heathers is a good film. Yeah. Cuffs is a good film. Mm-hmm. And he was good in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. I like, I like, I like that. Here's someone with no one's mentioned yet, and yes. he's a British actor. Oh, yeah. Who has a glint of madness in his eyes. Oh, the eye. bloke who played Barry Grant? No. No, okay. He was... Tom Baker. Oh, no. You've not read Tom Baker. Have you read Tom Baker's autobiography, Jonathan? Uh, I read bits of it years ago. It is, it is brilliant. I've got to bring it in because it's not what you're expecting at all, mm. Catherine. And it's funny you should mention Tom Baker because I have been um, looking for guests for the show. Oh, I emailed him ages ago. Yeah, uh, you didn't get anything back? No. Well, I got a reply. Sent it out. Tom Baker. Um, uh, I can't find it, but basically they said no. Oh. So, <laughs> he, I think I prefer to be ignored. He, he refuses. Jonathan, thank you very much indeed. Simon Rashid, stay there. 0844 uh, 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We're doing bonkers actors. And, and genuinely, w- I would like some feedback. First hour of the show, what do you reckon? Is it, it, does it stay or does it go? Oh, I'm not going to get prissy about it. I, 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 I'm keen to hear your thoughts. 0844 499 1000. <laughs> Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Simon's on the line. Good evening, Simon. Hello. Hello. This is going to sound um, quite horrible, yeah. and I might get a bit of backlash Uh-oh. from this. Oh. Um, but when when I, I watched the imposter, I was a little bit disappointed at the end when the body wasn't found. Yeah. Um, because I I didn't really feel it concluded. No. Um. There's no backlash to that. It doesn't sound horrible at all. No, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, but this is a, a, an open forum. Um, I guess I know what you mean, but it was it it wasn't a movie, was it? That's the thing. If it was a Hollywood movie, then there there would have been a conclusion. You know, they would have it would have ended with him pulling out a, a skull and going ah. And I suppose because it's um it's real life, and the fact that several years later on they still haven't found anything. But I mean, with Kung Fu Elliot. There was a conclusion, because he obviously went crazy, and then he, he ran off, didn't he, to Mongolia? Speaking of crazy actors, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Elliot Scott, there's there's one, there, well, by the way, there's one. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Because, I, I, I mean, my theory is that he's, that the boy's actually still alive somewhere. Oh, you said that, a little bit of heavenly music. Um, it's like a little heavenly uh, jingle. But why do you I mean, think that? Because if he was a terror away... And he didn't like his family or anything. Yeah. He, 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 maybe he ran away. He ran away. He didn't want nothing more to do with him. And, he, he, you know, a lot of people run away, in America run away to Mexico or wherever, don't they? Yeah. Um, so, so I think maybe he's still out there. He changed his name and everything. Um, mm. Yeah, possible. Yeah, it's possible. Um, but unlike, one would have thought... 
that were the case, that with with a movie coming out, um, with the publicity that that was, it was, it was, was he won it though? It was he, quite a lot. I mean, of, he don't like his family, did he? I think he's dead. Mm. I think he's dead, and I think the 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 older brother did it, and um, you know, don't, don't think, may not have deliberately set out to do it, but I think he did it, and I think that. The um, the guilt and the shame around that would have exacerbated any you know d- d- drug problems that that may have been there before would have would mm. have he would have been consumed with guilt it would have fueled his drugs and then when his family accepts what he knows is obviously not his brother um, accepts that that strange man as his brother um, it sent him over the edge that's what I th- that's what I think I mean yeah maybe I'm I'm not convinced. What do you think is a concept, Simon, film ring? Is it, is it I, work? Do you know what? Both these films I wouldn't have watched without you rec- without you saying watch yeah. these films. Yeah. And both of them I've enjoyed. Okay. Well, you may not enjoy the next one or the one after that if we carry on doing it. That's, you know, a distinct uh, well, possibility. It's not that I enjoyed The Imposter. It just got me thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the aim of, of film rings, isn't it? To get you thinking and questioning things. And- I think so. I think so, Simon. Listen, well, thank you for taking part. It's appreciated. I'm, I, I know loads of you have watched the um, films and, and, and uh, you know, the two films you've had so far. By the way, um, Film Ring Live, August 21st, sold out. 100 tickets. So there'll be 110 people there because we've got 10 tickets to mm-hmm. divvy out of these chances at work. So 110 people, 20 people standing. We're going to be showing... I still not received my DVD. Um, That's a little bit of a worry, isn't it? Well, I, I've, I've got access to a hooky copy of it, actually. But um, I will chase it up. We will be showing They Killed My Cat. Maybe The Stalker. We'll see how long they are. Yeah. Um, extra scenes. I need to email Jarrett to get um, some, hopefully some extra scenes that weren't in Kung Fu Elliot. Jarrett's going to be on Skype. Maybe Matthew. And a and very a special, special guest. guest. Very special guest will also be taking part via computer technology or maybe the phone. Um, so that's um, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be quite a good night. August the 21st uh, is when that's happening. The day after, I'm hosting a program on Channel Five. I'm back in the. I'm back on telly. Back on telly. There'll be no talking to you. There'll be no talking to me. I'm having, having a week like off. Kath who? I'm going. To, I'm going up to the Edinburgh Festival. So I'm having Friday the twelfth. Twelfth. My birthday. Coming. Yes, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll get you two presents next year. I'm going up to the Edinburgh Festival. I'm doing two shows at the Ed- at least two shows at the Edinburgh Festival. Maybe f- no, I'm doing at least four shows at the Edinburgh Festival, and I might be doing Ian Lee versus Radio, but I don't know yet. They've not got back to me about whether uh, we're doing that. Um, d- d- follow me on Twitter, and I'll give you ticket details, or I'll mention it tomorrow. Um, and then I've got a week off when I'm going to write the book. That's the plan. I what can- in a week? Yeah, yeah. I think I can do it. Yeah, sounds reasonable. I've done three chapters. All right, sorted. You're going to do some pictures. Well, um, uh, Miranda Sawyer said you only needed 80,000 words. She didn't say you only needed 80,000 words. She said you need about 80,000 yeah, words. Yeah, well, I've got about 10,000 already with the three chapters. Right. So. A few more. 70,000 more. Easy. Craig, Rashid, stay there. I'm just having an argument. 0844 <laughs> if you want to take part. Are you? Um, and then on August the 20th, I'm back, baby. I'm back in the big time. I'm back on TV. I'm hosting a TV program on Channel 5 with Gabby Roslin. Yes, who is the nicest lady in the world. Oh. And I will be hosting it. And I'm going to be awesome. And I'm going to keep the beard, but I'm going to trim it. Trim it like Michael Jackson. Not Michael Jackson. Michael uh, Greco. George Michael. George Michael. George Michael in, in uh, about uh, 86. 
All right. Because you gotta have a faith, faith, a faith, a faith. I gotta have faith, a faith, a faith. A baby. You're such a plum. No, mate, I'm, I'm Britain's greatest. Can they see any of us here? No, and this is silly. Well, they can watch you. There we go. I don't want them. To... I'm, I'm going to be. Um, uh, anyway, I wait for for four nine nine <clears> one thousand. Yes, Rashid. Wham, bam, I am a man. Job or no job, you can't tell me that I'm not. Do you enjoy what you do? Sitting on the toilet doing a big wee <laughs> and a poo. I didn't know. I didn't know the line was job or no job. No, I didn't know. Any I of didn't those know lyrics. that, Rashid. Your 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 enunciation is excellent. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. What, uh, what you got for us, Rash? Film ring. Yeah. I did. I did. I watched the uh, the second half today while I was cleaning my bedroom. Yeah. I wasn't fully concentrating, but mm. I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. Did you see the twist coming? Could you see it coming? Because when, when, when the twist came for me, it was like, bam, I didn't expect that at all. I tell you, when my suspicions were aroused, right. when, when she said that Nicholas um, had rung home and the brother took a phone call and the mum didn't get out of bed, yeah. I thought, boom. Yeah. Something oh. up there. Um, yeah. Can I just say, we've got someone suggesting Jack Black is a nuts actor. No, you, no, he's well, just an he's No, he's not nuts, though. He's not, he, he couldn't at any moment um, pull out a knife and kill someone. Whereas all of these actors, I think, could. So I'm not having... Jack Black is just good at playing... He's just wacky. Yeah. Right? Um, but we've got Mel Gibson and Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper. You know it. Crazy, crazy actors who could go nuts at any time. Yeah. Um, David Banner. Right. The, David Banner. He's not an actor, he's a scientist. Oh, right, okay. He's a bloody oh, doctor! Dr. David Banner. Clues in the right. doctor bit. Okay, never mind. Well, film club, I enjoyed it, but it depends, it depends on the rest of the listeners here, unless you're going to carry it on. Well, I know it does, I know it's not... Well, Rashid said it's a yes, so Everyone other than Rashid, what do you think? Uh, it's a th- I know, and it's going to be... There will be people that don't like it, um, and, and there'll be people that do. Are, I... I do like it, and I'm going to stick with my... I tell you what's making me question is the fact we didn't get many calls at the end of it, and that's fine. Um, I think I know why. Why? Because it's, you know, we're talking about a dead kid, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no one wants to be speculating about stuff like that. It wasn't... Yeah, it's not... Uh, um, okay, here's the thing. In Kung Fu, there was um, it, two things. One, it was funny, and B... And B he kind of brought it on himself. There was a... Que- well, there's a question mark over, over whether it's real, so you've got that as the phone-in. Do you think it's real or not? Boom. And and we had people trying to catch Jarrett and Matthew out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to catch Charlie out on. You know, he did his job, and we didn't have the filmmakers on. So there's nothing really to catch them out on. Whereas Kung Fu Elliot, you know, there's the big question mark over whether it's real or spoof. And you can watch it either way, you know. Yeah. And I will bear that in mind when we choose the third film. The next the next film, can we have that, um, I mean, anything but not pathological liars. Both of them were liars. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a theme. Rashid, thank you very much, Anir. Yeah, anything but pathological liars. Oh, but they're our favourites. They're our uh, favorites do um send me your uh suggestions lance has asked if it's always going to be documentaries well yeah because i had a quite a good film suggested to me today but it's not yeah. a documentary go on the audition 
The Japanese film? Uh-huh. Oh, no, we can't watch that. That's, that's, that's... Does it spin out of control oh, too much? Have you not seen it? No, I had it described. He's, he's the beginning brilliant. of it described to you, me. Well, the, the, the beginning's nothing. You want to get to the bit when he's... There's a brilliant bit where he takes a drink and it's drugged and he falls over, right, and he's falling. And then as he's falling, there's like a... It cuts to a 20-minute scene and then it cuts back to him just as he falls. It's it's nuts. It's, um, the guy did that. Uh, um... Th- Oh, I've got I've got really into him for a while. I can't think of his name. Um, not um, to, the, the beat Kitano, Takashi Kitano. It's um, Miyaki. It's Miyaki Tom. Miyaki Takashi Miyaki. There we go. He is. He also did a brilliant film, right? I think it was him called Happiness of the Katakuris, and it's about it's a musical, and it's about this family that um, they inherit a bed and breakfast, but it's haunted. And it's a musical. It's flipping brilliant. Happiness of the Katakuris. It's a, it's absolutely genius. His films, though, he also did, I think he did, um, um, the film where the guy gets hung up with little hooks on his back and he's, he's hanging up, um, and he's, he's a tattooed Yakuza and, um, uh, Itchy the Killer. Itchy the but Killer. It was itchy, yeah, it? flipping well, Itchy the Killer. He's, 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 um, He's uh, good. No, we're not going to do audition. No, that's not I think that. audition is too dark. Really. So you want something that's a bit fun? Um, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, kind of... I'm open to suggestions, okay? Right. But all the suggestions I've had so far, I've been pony. <laughs> oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. <laughs> I'm trying to find the uh, song from The Happiness of the Katakuris, and um, it is... There's one really, really good um, pop song on it, and I'm trying to f- 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 find it. And I can't, so we'll get there in a bit. Who's been there the longest? Craig has. Yes, Craig! Hi, Ian. Hi, Kath. Hi, yeah. This, uh, James Franco. Yeah. He's one of... There's four group of actors that I always get mixed up, and he's one of them. Right. Oh, go on. Ex- explain. Well, James Franco and Jared Leto. Yeah. I always think they're the same guy. He's I don't know who Jared Leto is. He's, he's like the, the older James Franco. He's the, He's in the new, um... Suicide Squad, he's the Joker in that. You might have seen him. No. He's a, uh, also a pop star, look, that fella. Requiem for oh, a Dream with Jennifer Connolly, he was in that. Yeah. Very similar to James Franco. Yeah, in he's, my a, opinion. Pr- he's a pretty boy. He's in the same camp, isn't he? But that's one set. This I got four sets of people. That's the one set. That's not set number one. Set number two. We're moving on to set number two. Alan Rickman and Gary Oldman. I always mix them up. How can no. you mix those two up? Just similar type of... No! Thing. No, they're not. Not in the slightest. Gary Oldman's a wee fella. Well, in my opinion... Okay, <laughs> All right, well, we can't touch that then. Terence Stamp and Charles... Uh, what's his name? Dance? No. Angus. One of them's Ginger. No, I'll give him that. Those two are very similar. Stamp and Dance. Can I just no. see if this is the song I'm thinking of? Hang on a second. I'll see if this is the song I'm thinking of. There's a really catchy song in this Japanese um, horror film. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Bear with me. Slow internet. Slow internet. I agree with him on those, though, definitely. Here we go. No. No, it's not that one. (laughs) It's not that one. Uh, The the final set is Josh Hartnett and Ethan Hawke. I don't really know who these people are. I've I've heard the names, right? I'm aware of them. Yeah. But, so like, I'll, I'll, I'll have re- in a film, I'll go, oh, yeah, definitely that was Ethan Hawke or, or Josh Hartnett. And it'll be no. the other one. And, yeah, and it happens to me all the time. 
they well both of those have got kind of nice squinty eyes haven't they yeah but like literally like when you said james franco i was going oh that's jared i was going all the films i was thinking james franco was in it was jared leto was in it yeah yeah oh craig what you like eh i know and two uh crazy uh actors an old one robert mitchum Oh, flipping heck, he was crazy in them songs. Oh, he was, he loved a little bit of the old reefer. Well, Bobby. He, he, he loved a little, little toe cup, he did. He lo- read a brilliant book on him when I was, when we were at 3CR. He was, he would do like, um, sort of six films a year and one would be good and the rest would pay him a lot of money th- and be rubbish. I think my dad read that book. And yeah. Is that the one where he wheezes on someone? Uh, yeah, 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 he loved all that. Didn't he have some some director over in the, on the throat over a cliff or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does all that. Does all that. He loves all that stuff. And a modern day Tom Hardy, especially in Peaky Blinders. Oh, I don't, is he the one with the eyes? Who's the one with the eyes in Peaky Blinders? He's the Jewish guy from London. But there's a guy with the eyes, Killian Murphy. Is that his he, name? Is that the Twenty Eight Days Later guy? He's the guy. He's got the eyes. They've all got eyes, No, they? but he's got the eyes, for goodness sakes. You know, doesn't anyone know what I mean? He's got the eyes. Well, they've all got eyes. Google yeah. Killian Murphy. Uh, Google Tom Hardy, that's that fella. Yeah, alright, whatever, it looks boring. Google Killian Murphy. Right, okay. Especially in Peaky Brinders, he's a psychopath. Mind you, they all are. Google Killian Murphy and look for the eyes. He's got Pete Townsend eyes. Yeah, look at his eyes. Yeah, cold, dead eyes. S- the steely eyes of a killer. It's got cheekbones you could grate cheese on. If someone can tell me, there's a really catchy song in Happiness of the Katakuris. Lena, I'm looking at you on Twitter. Um, it's only about a minute and a half long, and it was, um, um, it was absolutely brilliant, but I can't find it. No, Johnny Depp, Sam, you've not got this. Johnny Depp is not crazy. Johnny Depp is pretend crazy. In his private life, he might be. Johnny Depp is pretend crazy. If the mics are opposite each other, they need to be in phase. A lot of desks have a phase switch to fix. Well, not this one. We haven't even got faders that work in this this desk. Um, so... uh, Apparently they reset the desks on Thursday, which is when we notice the problems on Friday, right? Did they reset the desks? Mm -hmm. There we go. There we go. This is what's happened. Uh, my sister says I still get Bob Hoskins and... Well, she says Hoskins and Winstone mixed up. I'm assuming she means Bob, not Katie. Jamie. Who's Jam- Katie Winstone? No, Hoskins. Who's Katie Hoskins? Hopkins. That's who I think. <laughs> TV, TV hard man, Katie Hopkins. TV hard man, <laughs> Katie Hopkins. Uh. Oh, uh, all right, Craig, was there anything else? Yeah, if you like that Stephen King thing with Jared Leto... Yeah. <laughs> ...Wayward Pines, I know it's in the second oh, series Oh, he won't now. like it. Hang on a minute, she'll go on, what is it? Wayward Pines. No. What is it? It's got Toby Jones in there. Yeah, um, I like Toby Jones. Ma- Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. I don't know who any but of these actors are. I know Toby Jones. You won't Basically, like it. it's set, like, in the 90s. Yeah. And then weird things happen. Yeah. And there's loads of loose ends, and you're watching the whole series, and you're going, this is stupid. Yeah. But it all ties up by the end. Uh, I started I started watching it and gave up. So if I've done that, he'll definitely Well, do hang that. on, you don't know what I like, though. You like you don't like TV programmes made in America where they string it out, and they don't have to string it out. Oh, is, there, is there a conclusion at the end? Yeah. I'm in. It, it, it is. I, I, I say that. There's a second series, but there's the, the conclusion of this, they could have left it at the conclusion. They should have left it. They should have left it. They explained too much, I think. Well, I'm getting bored of this conversation, so I'm going to cut you off. Um, Tom, stay there. Yes, Alex. 
Hello there. Hello, Alex. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. We call you back. Yes, Alex. Just want to say, um, film ring. Really enjoyed it. Um, first time I've ever taken part in something like that. Um, the documentary was was a little bit weird for me. Yeah. But stuck with it. Um, but I think obviously having the private detective on tonight really helped and cleared up a few of the points that were kind of confusing from the documentary. Yeah. So I honestly do think that it's something you need to, you know, continue, okay. continue with if you can. Thank you. But again, I, I think having that person that can come on, which can kind of... That's the thing. The that's the thing. Really what I, that's what we need. We need someone who is in, somehow involved with the film, either a maker or, 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 or someone who's in it. What do you reckon, Alex? Do you, th- do you think that, that um, poor Nicholas Barkley, the, uh, the, the, the missing child, is dead? Um, yeah, I think, if I'm honest, everything that points come out of that film, from what you see and all the characters and, you know, hearing from what the private detective had to say tonight, you kind of, you have to come to that conclusion. But I think the character, the the guy who impersonates him, he's just so complex, you could have done a whole show just on yeah. him and his backstory, yeah. which is maybe something and something else. He, I about. mean, yeah, he's, it, 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 you know, mentioned briefly in the film that he's done this dozens and dozens of times. He's wanted mm-hmm. by Interpol. He's done it since, I think. Um, and he's obviously, um, uh, feisty. He doesn't play by society's rules, hence him, you know, swearing at me. We didn't swear at me, actually. Oh, no, he did swear. But, you know, being thoroughly abusive to uh, a, a, a lot of the listeners and um, not wanting to play the game. I know if you watch the DVD extras, the Q&A with John Ronson, the director, and the director, John Ronson kind of asked him what was Frederick's, you know, attitude <laughs> towards the fi- film being. And you can see the director get quite annoyed um, and said, well, actually... Frederick's been very rude about the film. He claims not to have seen it. He's put a massive rant online. And to be honest, um, if he wants to go and see it now, he'll have to go and pay because I'm not going to make it easy for him. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting that, that, that there is obviously tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which makes, me th- which makes me really, really weird. I uh, think it's really, really weird that he was even in the film anyway because he seemed so compliant when he was in the film. Well, I think, I think that's one of the things that I, I took from it. Again, I, I watched it Saturday. Wife and the kids were out all day. I thought, I've got an opportunity now. I'll sit down yeah. and watch it. And again, obviously, when when he does appear and you know he he introduced himself, you think, oh well, it's it's the person that's <laughs> that's done this invitation is actually appearing in the documentary. So I thought it was a a really interesting twist because you know usually you'd expect that you know that'd be played by an actor and it'd all be different yeah. things. But I thought that was very interesting. But as I said I think I did hear about obviously the first film you did, but that didn't kind of interest me. So yeah. I didn't watch it. I listened to, but I did listen to the show afterwards where you had the directors on yeah. and things like that and i still thought it was very interesting right. so nice one alex it's it, it, it's one of those things you either like it or don't and listen or don't Simple Brilliant. As that. thank you alex i I, okay, I, I, I appreciate that thank you very much tom and alan stay there oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand this might be the song hang on a second lino has um has found the song which he he's normally good at this kind of stuff um although his, your link isn't work here we go here we go is this it? let's see let's see i'll know quite early on if it is it's the, this is it, this is it. No, that's not it. Um, it's a scene in the film where they're sort of like, they're marching along in a field and the little girl sings a line on her own. Anyway, it doesn't matter, we've got more important things to worry about. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Yes, Tom! Tom? Oh, yeah, sorry. That's all right. Um, hi, Ian. You okay? I'm fine, thanks, Tom. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Right, I've got 
a bonkers actor for you. Yes, please, let's have it. Okay, Rip Torn. No, you might remember him from the Larry Sanders That's show. That's who he is, yes. Is he bonkers? Right, there is a, a film that he made in about 1970 yeah. with Norman Mailer. Yeah. I've actually sent you a link. It's mm. not a very nice clip to watch. It goes on for about nine minutes. Oh, lots of swearing. It's lots of swearing. I saw that on the Twitter. Yeah, very sweary. You said yes. Yeah, and uh, he he actually genuinely hits Norma Mailer on the head with a hammer, and they have a, a fight, and it's a nasty kind of fight. And the some of the other actors come along and break it up because it's they're not kidding. They're not joking around. But what? So, but 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 uh, he, he, yes, he may be nuts in that. Yeah. Well, okay. Watch the clip and tell me he's he's cured any time in his life. I mean, he really is crazy. But but but, uh, but that's that's in that one clip, and I, I will I, I look forward to seeing it. But yeah, in everything else though, he's been he's been kind of quite straight. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm on about his, his private life. I think he's had some really serious run-ins recently. I mean, I think he's been out with a dressing gown and a gun in the street. Oh, well, that's. I yeah, mean, the guy, right. the guy's like seventy plus now. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. All right. Well, I'll okay, check it out, Tom. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. That was a deep inhalation, wasn't it? it really was. Very deep inhalation there. Um, well, I've put it off as long as I can, but it's the only call we've got left. Yes, Alan. You've been holding that in all weekend, haven't you? Wowzers. No, it's because I went to cinema tonight. What? Oh, what did you see? The new Ghostbusters. Oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Any good? Oh, brilliant. Funny in places, bit scary in places, but really good. I'm looking forward to it. Right, I want to go and see it. My boys watched the first Ghostbusters mm. at the weekend, the original one, and it was. Were they scared? No. That bit in the library scared the. Bit he said, at well, me. "My eldest, a six-year-old, the four-year-old, fair play, was asleep. They're obsessed with Ghostbusters, right? Even though they've never seen it, so mm. we bought the Ghostbusters cartoon. They like that." And the eldest liked the film. We said it was it was scary, but it was the good scary. But I don't know how much they. I don't. These eighties films. I've never seen Ghostbusters all the way through. These 80s films, and, and Jurassic Park, which was 96, I think. 93. Thank you. They're very slow, compared, mm. comparatively. You, you watch a film now, and it's much, you know, boom, boom, boom. That was started with The Crow. That was The Crow was the first one that gave you that MTV generation. But the, they're, they're quite slow and pacey. And, I mean, and, and Ghostbusters is quite rude as well. Um, uh, w w w it was funny, though, was it? Because it's had a lot of, um, there's been a lot of backlash about it, Alan. Well, for well, negativity on the trailer. Yeah, it was, it was even before it came out. It wasn't even a backlash, was it? It was a forelash. It's a preemptive strike. Yeah, um, people don't know a good thing till they actually see the film itself. Well, this is it. The, the trailer. I've not seen the trailer. I don't. You know, but apparently there was one edit that wasn't very good and one edit that was quite good. Um, it's had nine. Th the trailers had nine hundred thousand thumbs down on YouTube, which is is a record. But it's weird, right? Because um, the um, a, a lot of chauvinists are saying, oh, it's crap because it's women. Why are they doing it with women? Oh, it's women, right? And a lot of feminists are going, hey, it's brilliant because it's women. It's brilliant because... It well, I don't believe either of you, I'm going to be honest. Uh, is it? Is the? F I don't, couldn't care less if it's women or not. Uh, you know, is it funny? Is yeah, it funny? It's got, it's got all the time on a Saturday Night Live. 
It's got what? No, because some of the actors in the film yes. were on Saturday Night Live. Okay, they do that, don't they? Yeah. Okay. And the receptionist was actually four. What's he saying? The receptionist was four? Yeah, from the Marvel films. Thor. The receptionist was Thor. Thor! I thought yeah. you were thinking I, about a kid. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a, a toddler. <laughs> no. Who's this texted in, right? Listen to this. Any of these act- actors bonkers? James Kahn, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, John Cassav- C- Cassavetes. Cassavetes. Yes. Yes. Never heard of him. He was, um... Rosemary's Baby. No. Yeah. Wasn't he the brother of, in, of wasn't he Fredo? Fredo in, um, uh, um, The Godfather. Does he, has he got like a big bald thing and long hair? Uh, it's that fella. No, oh, I don't know who that is then. I got one. Yeah, go what on. about Robert England? No! Freddy yeah, Krueger. But he was also, um, he was the cute alien in V, wasn't he? Yeah, Willie. Willie, that was it. He was called Willie! <laughs> no, he was Of course he was called Willie! <laughs> um, and look, someone here has texted in. I don't know what the text number is because I haven't got any of the details on my screen, but you can text in, guys. Um, people are misunderstanding this completely. Danny John Jules, the cat from Red Dwarf. No, he was cool, he was. Although it says here he chased a dustman down the street with a machete. Well... Was that in real life or in, in, um, the TV programme? I don't remember a dustman in the TV programme. I never liked Red Dwarf. No. Never, I never really got it and I upset, oh dear, you know, thank God Twitter wasn't around then. Um, I got in so much trouble for saying I thought Red Dwarf was rubbish. Because the Red Dwarf fans take it really seriously. Oh, man, a lot. Yeah, because if, if someone didn't like Red Dwarf, we can be branded as a smeghead. <laughs> yep, that, that is... <laughs> That's um, it. That is the thing is, true. those men swapped girlfriends for Red Dwarf, so of course they're proprietorial. Steve Horsley says, I just saw Ghostbusters. Awful awful and then he he puts awful a third time but he Mm. does it with capital letters alan well here's my challenge go and see the peanuts movie and then tell me it's awful i mean that is slow well it sounds like your either your kettle is is boiling up i'm doing some washing oh what you washing your your kegs Uh, i'm washing some shirts beautiful all right alan well we'll let you get on with that shall we ta-ta Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. No straight to air after midnight, guys. That's gone for the moment. Although we are well, quiet on the calls tonight, and that's fine. It would be ideal if you called in because I've got a blinding headache, and so the thought of constructing sentences is is kind of uh, worrying. Um, but um, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Do you want to go and put together that podcast? I'm going to do a little bit of work. This slight phase thing is annoying me ever so okay. slightly. Ever so slightly. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, let me just turn the camera. Hello, periscopers. Um, so you can take part. What are we talking about? Bonkers actors, um, film ring. Um, any suggestions for the next film ring would be gratefully um, appreciated. So the Daily Star. Now, this is never going to happen, right? This is never going to happen. Now that we can all say Cliff Richard again without whispering, um, the, the uh, Daily Star is suggesting that Cliff Richard is going to go on I'm a Celebrity. Never going to happen. 
Never. They ask people like me to go on I'm a Celebrity. They ask me to go on there. You know, I, I get my position in the great scheme of things, guys. So Cliff Richard is being lined up for I'm a Celebrity. No, he's not. Of course he's not. That's never going to happen. That Singer is being swamped with lucrative TV offers after being cleared over sex abuse allegations. And he can command a bumper paycheck. The summer holiday singer. I mean, come on, guys. Something a bit more relevant, more, more recent. Something like Carrie or something like that. The summer holiday singer had to fork out more than one million pounds in legal costs in a successful bid to clear his name over the nightmare accusations. ITV are now rumoured to be very keen on bagging the 75-year-old at any price for I'm a Celebrity. Here's, here's, here's my prediction. He ain't never going to go on I'm a Celebrity. He's never going to do it. Never going to do it. Of course he's not. A source said, a.k.a. we made up a quote, Cliff is a national treasure with a massive fan base. He could walk his way through that show and be Jungle King. Always follow the bookies, and the bookies are king. Julie, stay there in a second. Bookies Ladbrokes yesterday slashed their odds on him going into the Australian jungle from 10 to 1 to 2 to 1. A spokesman said, no, they didn't. No, no person ever said this following sentence. It looks like ITV bosses could be singing congratulations to themselves if Sir Cliff signs up. He'll be TV gold and is sure to see ratings rocket. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And I can see this one happening. Former UKIP leader Nigel Farage is also being chased for I'm a Celebrity. I can see him in the jungle, as long as he's been checked first. I can see him. I can definitely see him in the jungle, can't you? Being obnoxious, a little bit racist. Um, put him in the jungle with nobody that speaks English. That's what they should do. 0844 Yes, Julie. Hello. Did the newspaper also say it's not just the young ones who are going to the jungle? Maybe? No, they've only done one, um, one joke there. And I thought that was, would oh. have been ripe. For exactly. um, for loads of um, loads of jokes there. Loads of punnage. Um, now, Ian, I'm finding up number one to um, to apologise. Uh, you know, I love Film Ring, and I watched The Imposter and loved it. And then my friend came over from Hong Kong, and she's only over for three days, so I had to see her. So I missed the interview with Charlie because I was so desperate. I had oh. loads of questions. Oh, and so I'm really, I'm really sorry. No. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is that. I kind of in, had a little investigate about um, the guy in question. I've forgotten what his name is, Bourdain. Yeah. And the more you read about him, the more crazy it is. There's a whole load of extra stuff that wasn't even covered in the documentary. Yeah, go on, go on. Like, before he'd um, done it, he'd like, taken on uh, something like 17 identities before he took on this yeah. guy. They men- yeah, they mentioned that in the film, I think, didn't they? Oh, did they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, well, you weren't paying attention. See, I wanted to say, um, to... Maybe this is already been mentioned, but I shouldn't have called. No, 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 um, that's good you've called. Go on. I wanted to say to, um, to Charlie that the, the FBI woman 
yeah. who was kind of she just took everything at face value, yeah. and then all of a sudden was like, yeah, yeah, no, we knew we knew there was something. She up. was thinking, rubbish, wasn't she? No, she was rubbish, and I kind of wanted to say, but well, you know what? She kind of she changed the tune a bit, sharpish, and um, how? Well, yeah, really, I know what the, um, the caller earlier meant about not a satisfactory conclusion, but I don't really need there to be. I think it's quite evident um, what it was. But the boy himself, who was um, um, the impostee, is yeah. that right? Yeah. He himself had got um, had had a big history of things. And the, the mum, which he didn't mention in the documentary, she'd been a heroin addict whilst the boy was growing up, and they didn't mention any of that. Um, and the three lie detector tests, she was taking drugs at that time, which would have affected it. So there was quite a lot of other yep. things, yep. which I think didn't... Not that it affected the film. Drugs, but uh, drugs the, 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 the brother um, um, using drugs got mentioned, I think. Yeah, uh, but, after, but I think afterwards, after right. he left, they said after he left, um, she kind of went down that, that road. Right. But, that's, but it, she was a, a habitual drug user way before that. Yeah. Um, so the not that it makes any difference the, the boy was troubled but there was a kind of a much more layers i think to it than um than we saw yeah uh, yeah i mean uh, with, with any as i was saying this earlier on with any documentary um you're getting the story through the the literal and metaphorical lens of the director and sure. they are deciding what you see and what you don't see to fit the narrative that they've come up with Absolutely. Um, Which does mean, as well, that you should, and well done you for doing a little bit of extra research, you should question everything you see in a documentary, because, you know, you think, oh, I'm getting all the facts. Well, you're not. You're getting the facts that the director has has, has cherry-picked for you. Well, it's it's the equivalent of saying about the um, article about Cliff Richards in the the papers or whatever. Yeah. You know, you you only see a certain viewpoint that... um, that the person wants wants you to see, but I found it absolutely fascinating, and I found the the guy himself, Bourdain, absolutely fa- fascinating. Have you, it, spoken, it kind of to, have you spoken to him on Twitter? No. no. Should I? No, well, no, no. He's been <laughs> fair. I mean, fair. And I, I, I genuinely say this. You know, my tongue isn't in my cheek. Don't, I don't want people to go and kind of wind no. him up because it's not what no, it's no, about. No. But he's he has been. I haven't got an out time, by the way. He has been very, very abusive to um, a lot of the listeners. Very. I mean, like <laughs> proper. I just kind of. I, I wanted to kind of know more more about him. Yeah. Um. In in the in so far as. You know, he's saying, you know, I stole their identity, I stole her identity, and then, oh, it's too late to go back. And, I mean, he's just, like, fascinating in a, you know, macabre way. Um, but also the fact that, you know, he's, he's married with kids now. Yeah. And you just think, well, does somebody just turn, turn that off? I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Well, you, uh, I mean, go and look at his Twitter feed. Uh, f- yeah. Frank Parler, I think, F-R-A-N-C... A, yeah. maybe Frank, P-A-R-L-E-R. Um, it, it, go and look at it sort of thing. And you'll see he's, um, he's a very angry young man. Yeah. Very angry. And, and it, I, I found it quite sad. I mean, yeah. there's obviously some kind of history of abuse for, for him. Um, but I found it kind of sad, but also, I don't know. It was just, I thought that Charlie was magnificent in kind of sorting it out with the earlobes. Who just took it? Yeah, I know. He was good, wasn't he? I, I, he was, well, the, the Charlie Parker interview, the first, you know, 45 minutes of the show, that will be a podcast. That will be a special podcast. Um, and, and then we'll do a, se- a separate podcast. That Oh, I need to explain the podcast, because loads of you don't know that we've changed things ever so slightly. Uh, I'll tell you after this. Talk Radio.
Okay, last hour of the show, no call straight to air. You call us up, you speak to Catherine, and she will call you back. Very, very simple. We can talk about anything you want. We can carry on talking about film ring, um, uh, the jungle, and I've got some more bits and pieces in the papers to go through. 0844 I'm in Lee. This is Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. having my friend from new york city fred velez coming on who is um you think i'm a monkey's geek <laughs> you think i'm a geek man alive you wait till you hear fred chatting away about the monkeys he's it, it, i don't know if this is possible he is even more obsessed about them than i am i mean just he's written a book about them as well which is brilliant um but he's i mean he's he's um way more obsessed than i am and I don't even know how that's possible. I don't know how you can fit any more. Oh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, I don't know how you can fit any more obsession about those um, men 
in uh, in your life. Yet yeah, he does it. He manages to do it. He uh, has squeezed it in. Anyway, he's going to come on and we're going to have a, a, a geek off for a bit. If that's all right, is that okay? You can indulge me in that. Thank you. And we are going to talk uh, about the new uh, Monkeys Blu-ray set, which is um, is hopefully hopefully winging its way to me. Although there have been a few complaints because the boxes inside have been knackered for, for quite a lot of people. And um, it's all kind of backfired a bit. But apart from that, it's supposed to be, it's, it's supposed to be amazing. So we're going to get Fred on on uh, Friday. Last hour of the show, no straight to air. We don't do that at the moment. 0844 I'll be honest with you, it's quiet on the phones. It's quiet on the phones. It's fine. You you would choose the night that I have a blinding headache to uh, to abandon me. You You're enjoying watching a sick man suffer, aren't you? Aren't you? Or listening to it, at the very least. That's fine. Hey, speaking of which, it's almost like I planned this, link, and I hadn't, but... Sick man suffering. That, um, that matador. That matador that died. Wife sees bull kill matador husband. Horror, as Victor, 29, is gored in live TV fight. Now, loads of people have been saying, oh, he deserved it. I don't think he deserved it. No, he's a bloke, doesn't he? Yes, bullfighting is, um, is horrendous. And barbaric and atrocious. You know, absolutely um, no need for it in the 21st century, or in any century. But it is just flipping. It's all. It's an awful, awful thing. But he didn't. I mean, you know, the people who are celebrating his death. That's a little bit mean. Uh, oh God! They've they've started off with a with a pun. Wow, a raging bull. Flipping heck. It's taken two people to write this story. Adam Aspinall and Emily Retta. Oh, by the way, if you want to call in with suggestions for guests, do. Don't at them if you're talking to me on Twitter about it, because I might not like them. But if you've got any suggestions for guests, I want to get some more guests on. We've got some good ones lined up. And um, uh, 0844-499-1000. A raging bull. Oh, this is Frank Evans, bloke who's Britain's only matador in Spain. Oh, jeez. What a knob. I'm going to say it. He's a knob. You have a second to get it right, he says. Any loss of focus can be fatal. Well, when you say stuff like that, maybe we get this Frank Evans on. Maybe we should try and hunt Frank Evans. When you say stuff like that, you kind of think, well, oh, knob. A raging bull. This is a horrible story, by the way, guys plunges its horn into a Spanish matador's chest in a fatal attack that was watched by the victim's horrified wife. Victor Barrio, 29, was speared when a tricky manoeuvre went wrong and he died in hospital. The, uh, the attack was broadcast live on Spanish TV. I mean, it's, fl- it's flipping. It's nasty. I mean, yes, I know that they, I think they kill about six bulls per session. Um, so, you know, which is, is nasty as well. But, I mean, this this silly sod didn't, you know, deserve to die. The bullfighter's wife, Raquel Sands, 32, was too devastated to comment after the tragedy. But she later tweeted, I have no words. My life has gone. I have no strength, although I have a lot of thanks. She also posted a poem by a Spanish poet, which ended with the words, How I would love to believe. Oh, flipping heck. Well, this doesn't help. This doesn't help anyone's cause. 
So this is to the end of the poem. How I would love to believe that there is glory for all those who lose their lives on the horns of bulls. Well, there isn't. I mean, to do it, I'm going to, you know, to do it, you've got to be a massive knob, haven't you? Really? Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. I mean, you've really, you've got to be, it, it's not, it's just not nice, is it? It's just not nice. It's horrible. Uh, Britain's only bullfighter, Frank Evans, dubbed L. Inglis, said, It looks like Victor and the bull were both out of position, but it's also quick. You only have a split second to get it right. If you are fit, all your senses should be working to... It's not a fair fight, guys. If it was a fair fight, then it would be about 50-50 as to bulls and matadors dying. Wouldn't it? If it was a fair fight, right, more matadors would die. Be about the same amount of matadors dying to bulls. If you are fit... All your senses should be working, says this English matador. Who looks like Harvey Keitel, actually. Um, And that should help you stop making mistakes. But any loss of focus can be fatal. The 74-year-old dad of two, originally from Salford, Greater Manchester, but now living in Marbella, added, There's always a danger of being killed or gored, but you think it will happen to the next person, not you. But there's not always a danger. It doesn't happen, if it happened very often, we'd hear about it more often. It doesn't happen very often. They, they kill six balls a session. Victor, a relative newcomer to the sport, was gored at a ring. Was gored, uh, was gored in the ring. Fans gasped in horror as he rolled to the ground in a painful somersault after, flipping heck, after the 83 stone ball caught him. And you know what they did? They killed the bull! <laughs> they killed the bloody bull! And it turns out the more often you say bull, the harder it is to say bull. Oh wait, four 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 nine nine one thousand. Before becoming a matador, Victor worked on a golf course. He once said, I had always felt a great admiration for bullfighters in the festival. How could you feel admiration for those guys? It's, um, you know, you might, it, you might as well go and, it's the same as kicking children. It's easy. It's easy to do. Yeah, you've got to be able to get out of the way if they kick back, but they, they won't kick back that much. You can kick a child harder than, than they can kick you. But I was ashamed to say I wanted to be a bullfighter and a hero as I saw them. There's nothing heroic about it. He began his career as an apprentice at the Las Ventas Bullring in Madrid. Staff there were said to be... Um, and now, who's talking now? Oh, this is Victor, the, the guy that, um, that, that died. Um, staff, said, uh, staff there were said to be distressed and very moved at his death. But it is sad. It's, you know, it's sad he died. I'm not in any way suggesting that all bullfighters deserve to die. Here we go. Now, listen to this. Kazkari, why don't you call him? Raging Bull, because of the film Raging Bull. Um, Kazkari says, Surely that man's killed lots of bulls. I hope he died painfully. 
all lives matter, but he's a murderer, so why pity him more? Well, he's not. He's not. He's not a murderer. He killed bulls. Right. Which is bad. I agree, it's stupid. But he's not a murderer, you know. He didn't deserve to die painfully. At all. Call in, Kaskari. I'm ke- I'll be keen to discuss that in detail. Uh, Victor married Raquel in 2014. Less than a week before the tragedy, she posted a message advertising the fight. Um, Raquel wrote, Have you plans for next Saturday? Come here. Their annual festival is famous. To capital, Victor Barrio is taking part. The last matador to die in a Spanish bullfight was Jose Cabero in 1985. And two people were injured after being gored yesterday on the fourth day of the San Fermin running of the bulls. Well, that is, I mean, that is stupid as well. I mean, yeah, leave the bulls alone. Don't mess with the bulls. Sam, I'll come to you in a minute. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. But Kaskari, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. We don't want, we don't want people like that to, to, to die painfully. That, that doesn't get anybody anywhere. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Kaskari is, um, furious. It's hard to have the conversation on Twitter, so I... 0844 Kaskari has replied, Sorry, mate, but life is life. The Bulls didn't choose their job, but that man did. Minimally, he should accept his fate. Yeah, I just find it really hard to um, wish painful deaths on people. I do. I do. And I'm not in any way defending bullfighting. I think it's cruel and barbaric and, and, and awful and, and totally out of step with, with what we as humans are um, capable of achieving. Um, but I find it really, really difficult to, um, to, to wish a painful death on someone. I just, I do. I, I can't, I can't do it, I'm afraid. Oh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yes, Sam! Hello, you okay? Yeah, good, thanks, Sam. What you got for us? A couple of things. Um, first thing is Pokemon Go. Are you into, like, sort of that sort of thing? I don't like Pokemon. Now, Pokemon Go, though, is this, from what little I've heard, it's um, where you have to go out and meet people or something, isn't it? Well, basically, you, I, um, I've got it on the iPhone because I, um, I, I took a, a, a shortcut to get it. It's out in the US and Australia, but um, not in the UK yet. But um, essentially, like, you go out and there's, like, pokey stops, which are basically, what? like, little sort of pokey stops are, like, places where you get pokeballs. Hang on a minute. Then... Stop putting pokey in front of words. <laughs> just, just say the words. <laughs> it's like, you, you, pokey annoy me now. So there's stop, stops or stocks. Stops, as in stop sign. Right, and bowls. And then, but, uh, so, you know, um, I've got an accent, it's bowls, as in, like, a football. Yeah. Yeah, but basically, like, a Pokeball is, bit, sorry, a ball is what you throw at the Pokemon to get it, and then you but have what, it. But is it, but what, there are, like, Pokemon walking the streets? Kind of, they're not certainly walking the streets, they're more sort of, like, stationed in, like, random areas in your town. Is it true that loads of kids have been turning up at these places and then getting duffed up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it. Well, then my kids won't be playing that. Well, he's trying to advertise it to you, but it didn't really work, did it? It's just like, kind of, no. So what it is, you have to go, you have to go to places. Your phone tells you where to go, does it? And then you get there and there's like a signal and, it, and it, you get like points yeah. or something. But loads yeah. of people are then loitering in these places and duffing people up. Yeah, and getting mugged and stuff. But it isn't everywhere. It isn't like, you know... All in Cardiff and Moulton, like a really quiet town in Essex. But it's, you know, there's not a lot of street crime there. Hang on a second. But, uh, uh, but someone is saying Pokemon Go is basically Grinder for geeks. Oh. Oh. 
Right. Um, Dennis, can you call us again? We've muffed up your phone, so give us a call, Dennis, and we'll call you back. The other thing I want to talk about is, um, I'm not sure if you've seen on Twitter, um, um, Gaza has been trending, and the Sun have... I, I'm not taking the Sun, uh, the Sun Daily Mail, or the Sun, which is an page. excellent newspaper. All hail our, our um, um, Ubermaster, <laughs> uh, Rupert Murdoch. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but um, the whole kind of Paul Gascoigne, like alcoholism thing, they're kind of having a go at him for being. They won't you know, be happy until they've hounded him to his boozy grave. That's what they want. They want him to die. It's crazy, because, like, I mean, to some people, he's a national treasure, for some people, you know? And there's no need for them to sort of heckle him, like, in well, on a national scale, on papers and stuff. There's much more, like, pressing things going on right now with the whole, well, EU thing and the the Prime Minister thing, and it's like, you know, priorities, you know? Um, I took media in um, sixth form. I didn't really do, like, print media kind of stuff. It was more like computers and videos and things. But we don't know a little bit about it, and I just think that, you know, if they're going to do a story about him... I he's the thing there. about Paul Gascoigne, right, from what little I know about him, right, he's mm. an alcoholic, right? And alcoholism yeah. is a disease. It's a disease. Mm. You, you, you get the disease of alcoholism. Now, if they were... And the pictures... I've seen the pictures in the papers, and it's shameful. It's shameful that they've printed those pictures, right? Oh, definitely. Uh, it's him basically in a dressing gown. He's gone out to buy a shed load of booze, and his dressing gown's come open. He's got nothing on underneath, and he looks like he's dying, right? Because he is. He's dying. Yeah. The, the yeah. Alcoholism and drug addiction wants you to die. It wants you to kill yourself, right? And you will do eventually. And he will do eventually unless he stops. Um, mm. And um, you wouldn't post pictures of um someone with cancer you no, know yeah. th- th- if it was cancer or if it was um well do you know what they might do i was going to say aids but they might still do it with aids actually i remember the mm. excitement when charlie sheen came out as, as being hiv um but cancer or whatever it, it's a, it's the same it's the same disease and people go no it's not it's self-inflicted it's not it's not yeah. self-inflicted. Some people, right, when they pick up a drink or have a little toke on a joint or do a couple of lines of whatever, they can yeah. go, hmm, I enjoyed that. Right, I'm off to bed. I some mean, people, hang on a minute, some people, right. when they pick up a drink or they pick up a drug or whatever, they can't put it back down. That's it. They can't stop. One is too many and a thousand is never enough. And Gascoigne, from what little I know about, I don't know the bloke, he's got that disease. He can't have one drink because if he has one drink, that will become a hundred drinks, a thousand drinks, and he won't be able to stop. And that's what's wrong with him. And shame on the newspapers that are making money out of a bloke that's dying in front of them. I mean, I think is, I mean, I saw, um, I kind of, like, looked, uh, looked it up, like, the, uh, the Sun's horrible a- um, outlook on mental health. Cause, well, not mental health, but, like, you know, um, things that are inflicted by yourself, you know. But what, for, I'm not going to explain any things. But I think it was Frank Bruno, I think, who had a, um, a mental episode. Yeah. And um, he was called uh, uh, Bonkers Bruno. I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, 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 uh, it was the Sun. Bonkers Bruno, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, like, I was thinking, like... That's ridiculous, because, I mean, I've, you know, as I mentioned before on this show, I've mentioned, you know, mental health and that sort of stuff, and it's terrifying. And no matter what, uh, how famous you are or, you know, not famous you are, like, it, it's all e- not equal as such, but it's all, you know, playing level playing field. No matter how famous you are, um, or, again, yeah, mental health is still terrifying, and if it's being plastered on tabloids, 
that are popular, unfortunately they're popular, it's going to make a... Not a mockery of it as such, but do you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. Well, the bonkers Bruno thing that was that was quite a few years ago, and I think the I think the son of kind of um, and this isn't me, you know, tying the company line because I don't have to yet. Um, I, I I think they've changed their tone a bit around stuff like that. But in terms of uh, 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 Sam, thank you for that. In terms of um, um, the pictures of Gascoigne, they won't be happy until he's dead and it's heartbreaking. He's dying. He's killing himself. You know, he's he's committing suicide in the slowest, most painful, most humiliating um, way possible. Dennis! Oh, bloody Dennis! Hello, Ian. Hello, Dennis. You're right, fella. How are you this morning? I've got a blinding headache, to be honest, Dan, I'm, and I'm struggling a bit. Only half an hour to go, then I can go home and go to bed. So I'm all right. right well, that, now, listen. I right, picked the wrong time to slip up because that bull was at its feistiest. Yes. They had damaged it too much, so it was lively. The picadors had not had a go at it, yep. lancing it. Neither had he stuck those arrows in its shoulders, so it makes it put its head down in the end. The poor sod gives itself up at the end. Yeah. You know, he plays with it, then sticks those things in, as a, a, as a sword behind the, the uh, cape, so he's wafting it about. He, the poor sod gives itself up in the end. It staggers to a halt, puts its head down, and he stabs it. You know, it's, it was easy. He picked the wrong time to make a mistake when the bull was still feisty. Must have been at the beginning of the fight. It hadn't been damaged by then. But it's, I mean, it's a horrible, it's a horrible thing. Of course it is. Yeah. And I, but, but I can't. I can't wish this man a painful death. I, I, I can't oh, no, do no, that. No, no, I don't say that. I don't say that. But um, he did pick the wrong time to do it. Hey, Dennis. So a lot of places, of course, have stopped doing it in Spain now. Dennis, I've um, I've got a CD for you of, of me live in Luton. Um, Good. Yes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pass you back to Catherine, and you're going to give her your address, and yes. I'll, I will pop it in the post for you tomorrow. That's very kind of you. And anyway, have a good time. Have a good time. Mate. I will have a good time. I will have a good time. Can you get Dennis's address? I'm not going to send him a CD. We're going to um, all go around his house one day and um, scare the bejesus out of him. Um, uh, Doran, thank you for this. I meant to mention this at the start of the show. And Catherine showed me this. There is a brilliant, brilliant clip of um, David Cameron. Um, can I get it to work on here? Here we go. David Cameron, right giving coming out of 10 downing street and giving a press briefing and then walking off and listen really carefully to what he does at the um the end if i can get this to play here we go thank thank you very much listen listen he's walking back he's walking back to 10 downing street listen listen right he doesn't give a stuff he doesn't care anymore he literally doesn't care! Thank you very much. Turns around, walks back to 10 Downing Street. Right. He couldn't care less! He's finished! It's his summer holidays! Yeah, he's got one more, he's got one and a half more days. Yeah! But he's on his summer holidays now! He's enjoyed himself. Um, I'm getting <laughs> getting grief from animal rights people. Um, if anyone knows what song David Cameron was singing there, do give us a call. Russ, stay there. Come to you after this. 
Blimey, they're all they're all coming out of the woodwork now. Um, it's basic animal rights, Ian, from someone who's not following me and has just picked up on a tweet. Clearly, entertainment predicated on animal cruelty. Do bulls deserve a painful death? Ends. I don't know what that, what that, that means. No, they don't deserve a painful death. They don't at all. I think it's awful, right? Um, I, I think, um, and you, you won't, oh, you do follow me now. Okay. I mean, you won't follow me now. Maybe I'll follow me. If you're listening, let me make it clear, right? I'm not in favour of bullfighting. I think it's horrible, right? I'm, I'm against animal cruelty. For God's sakes, I am in a book put together by the Cats Protection League about celebrities and their cats, guys. I went to a, the awards that the Cat Protection League were doing years ago, and they won't stop asking me, with Leslie Joseph and um, the girl that used to be on CBeebies, right? So don't talk to me about animal rights, guys. But... I can't wish a painful death on someone. However cruel and barbaric that is, you know, and, and it's horrific. Bullfighting's horrific. Yeah, of course you should be outlawed. It's awful. I can't wish the fella a painful death. People are more important than animals. There we go. I've said it. I've said it. People are more important than animals. They are. And even when I was a vegetarian and... um uh, I, I thought that people are more important than animals. They are, aren't they? They are. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yes, Russ. Good evening. I'm starting to uh, I'm starting to warm up nicely now. <laughs> starting to warm up and well, nice, nice Alfred Hitchcock there. Well done. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> um. Oh, oh. A couple of things. I rang up to talk about the bullfighting, but I'd rather just make a quick point on that. And actually, I wanted to go on to something you were talking to your second from last call about, yeah, about the addiction. Um, first of all, that tune by the Monkeys that you opened with at the start of the hour. Yes. I liked it from the start, but now it's really growing on me. And oh. I need to get the album. Yeah, get the album, Good Times. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Good Times. Good Times, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Is it available in this country? It's available in you this know, country. Amazon, you can down, you can download it. You can buy it on Amazon. You can get it anywhere well, you want. I, d- I don't do downloads, man. No, nor do I. I, I, I like, like to. The, uh, I like to finger my thing. music. Yeah, the same with DVDs, yep. mate. I, and because because they've gone out of fashion, you can get oh, it's a DVDs steal. and CDs for for next to nothing. Go into a sex um, shop. Go into a sex shop. And get the deep shop. yeah, get a sex shop and get you know computer exchange. And, um, oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get DVDs 50p. They had the king of comedy, Jerry Lewis and Robert De Niro, one of the great, Martin Scorsese, one of the greatest films of all times, right? One of the great, I remember when it first came out on VHS in 1995, and I paid 20 quid for it, 15 quid for it on VHS, right? 50 pence they had it for on DVD. 50 bloody pence. It's outrageous. It's good. It's good that place. My lad in- introduced me to uh, CEX on. Uh, we go to the one on Aldi in Scarborough. You yeah. buy a few bits. Oh, I go in there and get totally, totally lost in the DVD oh, section. And the thing is, as well, the kids get the kids get lost as well. The kids look at all the Scooby Doo and all that stuff, and I'm I'm like wilding away, going right. I'll have this. We'll have this. Beautiful. I'll have a little bit of this. Lovely. Thank you very much. 
I've seen some some DVDs for as little as 25p in oh. there. Like the really, really common, you know, ones that, that obviously when they first came out, a lot were sold. But, um, yeah, on a side point from that, I remember how much, how expensive VHS cassettes were, originals back 50, in the day. I 50 quid. Well, I remember my sister buying me the Lost Boys for Christmas when it came out, and it was like 10 quid, and that was in the late 80s. Well, I remember when they first came out, they first came out in the sort of the mid-80s, about 80... early 80s, 83, 84, they were 50 quid a pop. I remember my dad getting the jazz singer... And it was fifty quid, and that was that was his present. That was his present because that was that was everyone was skint then. Yeah, um, I, can, I can believe that. They, they were the days. Those were the I, days, Russell. My, my uncle, um, he had a, a contact. I don't know someone he knew. He worked with. Yeah, and he, he used to get um, original. I mean, this was back in the eighties, so it was a big thing. He used to get original VHS films off. Um, it must have been some company that cleared, you know, that sold off ex-rental VHSs, and he had yeah. wall full of them. Um, and it, it, it touches on what we were talking about the other night. <laughs> he got a couple of films that I wanted to watch. I, I don't know, I must have been, been about 11. Yeah. Um, one was Porky's. Oh, flip, that's a bit, that's got, it's got lots of boobies in it, hasn't it, Porky's? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Um, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, flip he, it. How old were you when you watched the Chainsaw Massacre? I was about ten or eleven when I bought what it was. He wouldn't. He wouldn't let, let me borrow Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Good. And and obviously I'd be too embarrassed to, to ask to borrow Porky. So what I did was when he weren't looking, I swapped the videos round into different sleeves. I said, oh, can I borrow these, Uncle Peter? Beautiful Chainsaw Massacre. Is a f- <laughs> I love that film. I, I I need to watch it. I've not seen it for a while. Uh, it's one of my it's favourite films. It's, it's it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Here we go. Uh, this can I just let me, right? I, 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 let me just read this right. I'm getting tweets from people now. Now, now they're waking up. People think people are more important than animals. Animals wouldn't agree. I'm sure says someone. So I've replied, "Why don't you ask them and let me know what they say?" <laughs> animals aren't sentient in that same way. Listen, I was a vegetarian for 26 years. I was um, I, I, I was strongly against you know vivisection and all of that kind of stuff. But even then, uh, uh, animal humans are more important than animals. That, you know that kind of strikes me as as obvious, really. Well, I, w- I would I would agree with you on that, Ian. I mean, my, my wife's a vegan and animal rights activist, so I, I, I've been sort of educated on a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have took a lot of notice of in the past. But um, I, what I would say is, and, and I know you'll you'll agree with this, is. is we as humans, yeah, we are superior species, and, and in a way, it's hard to sort of quantify why this is the case. But we are, we are in a way, we are more important because we're top of the food chain. But we have an utmost responsibility as, as being a superior species to take care of them and not hurt them. And, and yeah. this, on this bull on the bullfighting thing, right? I agree. I, w- I wouldn't say I, I couldn't say that he deserves to die. But I would say, and this is my my view on it, that it serves him right that he did die, because now now you know he knew what he was getting no, into. He knew how dangerous no, it was. No, no, no. Yeah, yes, yes. Ian, well, he then you're putting this. Like. You're putting this. You're putting his the bull's life above his. No, but no. Right, if you stand on the top of a skyscraper with no harness, 
right. and you're drunk, or and you're, you do, that, you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. Yeah, it's but bullfighting. That's your fault, you, you can't say a bloke gored to death on live TV serves him right because bullfighting is rigged, right? No, but it's, it's it's abusing and bullying and tormenting an animal. Nothing more, nothing less. For no, for, there's yeah. no it's yeah. not service, serving a purpose. Well, it's, it's, enterta- it's entertainment. Food. It's it's yeah, entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. And so it is serving. It is abusing it, an animal yeah. for entertainment. No, no, you, you don't. But a significant portion of the, the Spanish population does. So it is serving a purpose. It's entertainment. Well, that, but that, that's that's just not that's not an argument. It's serving. Well, no, a no, no, no. Hang on, no, hang on. You've just said no, but it does. It is a rust because you've just said it's not serving a purpose. Well, that's that's incorrect. It, it is serving a purpose, whether you agree with that purpose or not. That's by the by. Well, no, it's not. It's facts, mate. It's facts. Damn me, bringing facts into an argument. Well, you, you can't say that, that it's, it doesn't serve him right. For the fact that yes, he you put can. himself in a position where, where there's a probability, a possibility, that he could die did, a um, glory, painful death. That's his fault. He's put himself in that position. Did, um, and, and, and when he's put himself in a position where he's going to torment an animal and abuse an animal for the fun and the entertainment, and then it so happens that an animal kills him, yeah. I don't have any sympathy. I, I don't say he deserves it to die, but I don't have any sympathy with the fact that he has did, died. Um, did Steve Irwin deserve to die? No, I didn't. I said this bloke doesn't deserve to die. Steve Irwin, it's not in the same. Yes, it is. The same. Yes, it is. Well, no, well he wasn't even. He wasn't even animal. bullying an animal. He was just exactly. He wasn't abusing the animal, was so, he? Yes. Some people would say that. Oh well, well he. Was but it was for entertainment. No, Russ, 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 calm down, calm down. He wasn't. He wasn't. Calm he down. Wasn't What's going into you today? You've got. You've got all, all uppity. What's going into well, you? You get uppity sometimes, uh, far more than I just have. I'm just no, you're making getting, a yeah, passionate point. Well, just, yeah, you're, you're making a passionate point, and it, it, it's wrong. Calm down. Well, no, 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 you're telling me I'm wrong. That's what I'm getting. And I can see it's not wrong. Well, no, the, no. The comparison with Steve Irwin is not a comparison. Well, no, because Steve, well, Steve Irwin died because he was dicking about with animals. Yeah, but he wasn't tormenting it and abusing it. So he, he so you feel bad that Steve Irwin died. I don't feel bad that Steve Irwin died. You, don't, you don't feel bad about Steve Irwin dying? Why not? He was doing an educational program. He was educating, and yet you don't feel bad about him dying. Well, he, he, he went, no, no, it's not that I don't feel bad about you, him you dying. You just said, hang on, you just I said, I, you just said, you Russ, you just said, I don't feel bad about Steve Irwin you dying. Don't, don't try and twist my words. I'm not twisting right. your words. I'm, I'm quoting to, your words. I'm quoting. Well, hang on a minute, Russ. And you're talking Russ, over the top and Russ, you're not letting Russ, me make the point. Russ, I'm quoting. I'm not twisting your words. I'm quoting your words back to you. I don't quote. I don't well, feel let, bad let, about Steve Irwin dying. Let, let me speak and let, let me explain. Explain right? you saying I don't feel bad about Steve Irwin Steve, dying. Steve Irwin, right? I, yeah, I do. I, I do you feel bad sad. about Steve Irwin sad. dying? Yes or died. no? It was. It was. It was sad that he died, right? But he knew the dangers of messing around with a stingray. He was, but he was serving a purpose. It was educational. He was educating us. So you don't feel bad about Steve Irwin dying. You don't feel bad about Victor Barrio dying. I didn't realise you no, were so Steve, cold. Steve, Steve, I've just already said at the beginning that the, the, to, to me the, the comparison. He's not there between Steve. Well, I'm, not compa- I'm not comparing the them. I'm not comparing them. You're, just... the, one, you're the one who raised Steve Irwin. Yeah, I'm I never bringing it. Steve Irwin. Yeah, no, I did. I'm you just, did. I'm, yeah, I'm bringing him into the conversation. 
You yeah, don't, I don't feel... think there's a need to because there's no comparison. Well, I'm not. You don't have to have a comparison, Russ. I'm just bringing him into the conversation. I well, I don't see the relevance of bringing Steve Irwin into it. Well, it's another when, person when... that died. Um, uh, but he wasn't. He dealing... wasn't abu- the point is, he wasn't abusing and tormenting an animal. But you don't feel bad about him dying. I haven't really got an opinion on. Well, you just. Whether... Well, hang on a minute. You've gone from saying you don't feel bad about him dying to now saying you haven't got an opinion. Quite cold, I feel, Russ. Right, I, I feel, uh, yeah, I, feel, I, I felt bad at the time. It was sad that he so died. So you do, you do okay. feel bad that he died. Yeah. When did you? When did you? When did you? Tormenting an animal. When do you? Well, some people would say that he was tormenting the animals. Did you ever see him with a crocodile? No, he was. I'm on about the. the it point could be argued that. Yeah, he was interfering with an animal. Yeah, he was interfering with. I think it was, yeah. it was a manta ray. I think he was interfering with it in its natural habitat. He was interfering with it. Yes, yeah, so he knew what to expect. So he so. deserved to die. No, I didn't. Say, no, so no, you don't. Fe- to die. You don't feel bad again. The bullfighter didn't deserve to die, but the bullfighter, I have no sympathy for the fact that he okay, died. But the stingray problem. The ray obviously felt threatened by Steve Irwin, who yeah. did used to wind up animals. Well, he, he interfered with them in the natural habitat. So you I don't guess. feel so any sympathy does, with him. If so, no, no, I didn't. I didn't say that. You did say that. It's you did say that about five minutes ago. So you don't. I'm just trying to ask that because you keep flipping and. No, no, I'm talking about. No, 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 Russ, Russ. Don't, no, 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 no. Everybody heard no. you say it about Steve Irwin. Everybody can listen to the podcast, Ian, so they can listen yeah. to what, I'm, what yeah. I said. You and they said can also listen to the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, Russ, you and you're s- trying to twist it. Around. No, 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 Russ. I'm not. I'm quoting back at you. You said about Steve Irwin, you don't feel any sympathy for him, and then you've just remembered that you did actually feel a bit... I didn't say that about Steve Irwin. Yes, Irwin. You, I didn't feel yes sympathy you did, Russ. Yes, no, you I did. said, he, listen, he inter- at the end of the day, he, it, was, it was on a different scale. He wasn't, he, he wasn't wanting to hurt the animal, but there are some that would say that, yeah, he was interfering with it in its natural habitat. So what I would say to that, on the Steve Irwin, Irwin, Irwin one, is that he knew what he was doing, and there was a risk, so that's unfortunate, you know, that an animal turned around and, and stung him or, or spiked um, him in the chest. That, that's, you know, that's the risk he took. Unfortunate? Are you going to tell that well, to it, his kids, his little girl? It was unfortunate your dad died trying to educate the world about these beautiful animals that we would n- otherwise never get to see. But it was unfortunate. You don't need to, you don't need to be wrestling a crocodile or interfering with animals in their natural habitat. When I say interfering, he was he was messing with them to, to educate the public. Well, but he yeah, was educating David, us. We got David to see. Has never has never har- harassed and tormented or interfered with animals in that way to bring us the education that he did over, well, over the and, last And, and I've always found David Attenborough's programmes to be very, very dry, but Steve Irwin, there was something exciting about the way that he brought, you know, the natural world to life. Well, well that's, that's your opinion, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's okay. So, 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 Victor Barrio deserved to die, and Steve Irwin no, deserved to die. No, that's no, kind of cold, no, Russ. no, no, no. Anyway, everybody can listen back to the podcast yeah. and hear what I've said. I I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do. No, Russ. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get... To die. No, no. I said that. Russ, Russ, that. Russ. Quite clearly, Russ, he did not deserve Russ, to die. Russ, Russ, But I have down. no sympathy Russ. with the fact that he did die. That's Steve people. Irwin. He t- I'm talking about the bullfighter. Okay, because you he did say that about Steve Irwin. He an animal, and he died, and that's tough. You did say that about Steve Irwin. 
No, I didn't. That you didn't have no, any didn't. sympathy for him? Well, all I can say is, is whoever wants to, listen back to the podcast. I'll tell you what we'll do, Russ. Can you stick around? Because we'll go to the ads and we'll get that clip off. Fine. All right, brilliant. Russ, stay there. Well, let's have some ads and we'll get that clip. I don't feel bad that Steve Irwin uh, died. Yeah. I don't feel bad that Steve Irwin uh, yeah. died. Right, there we go. Well, Russ, it's just you saying it. So I thought you'd gone to, you, you'd gone to find a clip where I said Steve Irwin deserves. No, 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 no. no. You I'm... just said before the before the new, before the ads. Right? Can we find the clip? Jeez, can find we the find clip where I said Steve no, Irwin Russ? Can we find the clip of me? You Russ, me of Russ, no, I didn't. Russ, you did. Can, Russ, Russ, can I speak to the production team? Can we find the clip of me? <laughs> Just before the adverts, to ask where I'm asking what, what we were looking for. Can we find that clip, please? And send that. So the bit with me going towards the ads, because I know you didn't say that he deserved it. I'm talking about. Well, that's what you just said. You just said. Uh, uh, do you, you. The question was, do you feel bad? No, the question wasn't, do I feel bad? The question you just said to me before the adverts was, okay. do, you, you, do you, you accuse me of saying, I quote, you, you, uh, that I said Steve Irwin deserved to die, and that was just before the ads, and I, and I, I refuted that and denied that, and you says, okay, we'll find the clip, are you okay to hold on? Which I've just held on, and you come up with a clip where I said that I didn't feel bad that Steve Irwin died. Hang on a minute, well, we're trying to find the clip. What did I say on the clip? Someone talk to me, someone, someone talk to me, please. It's exciting, isn't it, Russ? I just think it's ridiculous. Steve Irwin dying. Right, so what what did I say in the clip? I can't hear you now. Wait, what did I, Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> just send me the clip. 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 Don't come in. Just send me the clip. Send me the clip. Send me the clip. <sighs> We're still friends, aren't we, Russ? I hope so. I, no, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a healthy... It's a healthy conversation. On, 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 a, on a subject. I just... Uh, Take umbrage to being accused of saying something, or, or, or oh, but I didn't. Say, well, I take umbrage. I I take umbrage at it as well, Russ. Which is why I'm finding the clip because I didn't say that. You did before the advert. Mm. You accused me of saying that Steve Irwin deserved to die. No, no, I didn't. I didn't accuse you of that. You did. All right. Well, let's find out. Because if you'd accuse me of saying that. I didn't feel bad. I would, uh, yeah, I did say that at the beginning of the conversation, but I did not say he deserved to die. And that's no, I know you didn't say that. I'm not. Advert. I'm not accusing you of that. We're, the, we're, we're waiting for the clip to come through. Have you sent it through? Okay, let's let's refresh my email. All right. Here we go. Right, let's find out. Here we go. Have a listen. No, I didn't. That you didn't have no, any didn't. sympathy for him. Well, all I can Let's say... Russ, Russ, shut up! I'm playing it. Listen, I'm playing it. Shush, 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 shush. This is the clip. No, I didn't. Did, oh, hang on. Is that you? Is that recording, or is that you saying that? No, I didn't. No, you didn't speaking. have no, any didn't. sympathy for him. Well, all I can say is, is whoever wants to listen back to the. I will tell you what we'll do, Russ. Can you stick around? Because we'll go to the ads and we'll get that clip off. That's what I said. And it's talking about sympathy, Russ. I'm not mentioning at all that you were. There we go. No, I didn't. That you didn't have no, any didn't. sympathy for him. Well, all I can say is, is whoever wants to listen back to the. I will tell you what we'll do, Russ. Can you stick around? Because we'll go to the ads and we'll get that clip off. There we go. It was prior to the, to the sympathy, but it was leading up to that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's, listen to it back. Because that's not I'll, what I, I listened back to the podcast myself. And I look forward I to receiving your apology. 
I've got nothing to apologise for. You're well, the one accusing me of saying well, you've just accused me of saying all. things that I haven't said. And I've just played you well, the trying clip... To, trying to make me feel bad about having no, that my Russ, opinion on... Russ, on Russ, I'm not my making... My opinion's my opinion. Yeah, I know, Russ, give, Russ. I don't give a, a, a toss Russ. whether you agree with it or not. That's my opinion. Russ, why are you getting so upset? You've accused me of... I don't like the fact that someone abuses an animal, spikes it... Right. torments it... But Russ... And then it gores them... Russ, and, and, and Russ... You're trying to make excuses for the, for the matador. I don't think... Russ... Talk about the matador. Russ, I don't... I don't... I am I guess I'm a little bit more humane than you, because I don't wish... Whatever, whatever. I don't wish... I, I don't... I don't, I don't wish, wish a painful death on, on anybody. Did I say that? Did I say... Well, you just I said... You, you just death. said... Russ, Russ, calm down. You just said you don't I'm give calm, a... Mate, I'm no, calm. you're not, Russ. I'm you're calm. not. You're you're not. You're the one who's getting worked up. You just said you don't give a stuff about the matador. I yeah, do. I that's do. Different. That's different. God almighty, you just. Well, Russ, you keep oh, you keep you accusing me of saying things that I've not said. You keep one minute you, you say you don't feel sympathy. Yeah, well, said. you said you don't feel sympathy for Steve Irwin, then you said you actually remembered that you did, and now you're accusing me of of of, of but no, painting you out to be again about. No, I'm, I'm not, Russ. I'm, I'm quoting not. you. No, you're quoting me. All I can say is I'd like listeners to listen to the podcast if this is on a podcast, word for word of what I've said and what you've said, because you just twisted it around again. No, I'm what not at all. You listen to the podcast yourself. Ian, I don't. I, well, I won't because I don't. I don't listen to my own podcast. I'm not like that. But um, you, 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 when you listen, Russ, I really hope you do listen properly and you hear what you've said because you're you're, you're all over the shop tonight, man. I don't know what's going no, on. But no, you're all I'm over not. the shop. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. I've got my opinions, and I'll stick by my opinions. Okay. Well, I, I do. I do care. I do care for the matador. I do. I care for all human well, I beings. D- I don't. Well, there I you don't. go. That's 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 your opinion, and that's quite cold. I do care for the matador. <laughs> I care. Well, I don't f- stuff if you think it's cold. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't care if you don't care that I think it's cold. I don't care. You know that your opinion, and you're putting yours. And yet every time mm. I challenge it, you get very upset. But whenever you challenge my opinion. I, I'm not getting upset. So, it, so it's cold. It's cold to care about animal welfare. Well, uh, uh, Russ, that's my opinion. It, and right. I'm not saying now. Right. Yeah, you're putting words into my mouth. I don't think no, it's no, cold. That's effectively what you're calling me cold. Yes, I, I care think. About animal no, welfare. that's no. I'm not calling you cold for that, Russ. I'm calling you. I think it's cold not to care for a man dying. I think that's cold. Yeah. Your argument's flawed, mate. Where's the flaw? I'd Sorry, like you to. Ian. Where's the flaw? Because he has abused and tormented yeah. an animal, yeah. And, right? Yeah. yeah, and the animal has bitten back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animal was more than entitled to have a go back, and and basically do what it did, which in effect caused its de- his death. That's not the animal's fault, is it? Yeah, I, I, and he knew the dangers yeah. before he went in but that Russ, ring. But Russ, he started to torment an animal for the. For the entertainment volume. God, you so, and Macintosh no, is joining no in with the worst analogy no ever. You and Macintosh. If I a rapist's no victim, if a rapist victim ripped his dick off and he bled to death, you wouldn't get too upset about it. Oh, yeah, geez, what's that got to do with anything? I thought my Steve Owen uh, analogy was, was was stretched a little bit blimey. Um, yeah, I, but your opinion is that Russ, and my opinion is I think that's cold. And that's fine. Why, 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 does that make, why does that make me cold? But no, but that's my opinion, Russ. And y- you've given your opinion, and yet I'm not allowed to give my opinion. 
No, you're allowed to give your opinion. Right, fine. I just, w- I just wish you'd been a bit, a, a bit more civil about the, the debate <laughs> instead of trying to make me out to be <laughs> some kind of cold swine. No, 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 Russ, Russ, Russ. My opinion is that that is but cold. I'm a cold swine. I've not used the word swine. Why have you brought well, the word swine into it? Well, well, well you're extrapolating. Well, I'm, using, I'm using the word swine. Yeah, well, but I've, it feels. Well, the, well fact, that ah, you're calling me far worse than that. No, no, Russ, you're calling me every everything under the but, sun. But Russ, I'm literally not calling you everything under the sun. All I've said was that's cold, and somehow you've brought the word but swine. How can I be accused of Russ, being cold, Russ? When I'm the one in Russ, the argument who seems to care Russ, about the animals' welfare, Russ, Russ, that's my opinion. And I'm entitled to it, like you're entitled but, to yours. But, but your opinion's flawed, Ian. But, but you've not pointed out the flaw. It is flawed, of course it is. Well, could you tell me the flaw? In, way, in your opinion. In any way, account, accounting for the welfare of the animal. I said that I think... In, in this, Russ, in this argue, in Russ, our conversation. I've said that I think bullfighting is abhorrent. I think it should be banned yeah, immediately. I think it's awful. Yeah, you did say that earlier. Yeah, I said that. Well, can, but can, I also, I also you... think to, 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 to not care about a man dying a painful death in front of his wife, I think that's cold. And that's my opinion. I'm allowed to have that, like you're no, allowed to you have are. yours. Of course you're allowed to talk to you, Obviously. Obviously, it's a free world. Free country, yeah. should I say. Oh, is your headache gone yet, Ian? Yeah, it has done, mate. You've done me the world of good. Thank you very much. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Do you enjoy that? We're still friends. <laughs> yeah. It's good, that, wasn't it? So. Yeah, of course we're friends. Now, don't go off all funny on Twitter I and Facebook. To talk about... No, I don't. I'm not like that, mate. Well, I, you, you have been like that the last couple addiction. of weeks. Well, you got... We, we, well, come, by saying that I'm never... Oh, Russ, come on. Now you are being obtuse. By saying that was a bad call, that was a boring call, I'm never going to call in that, again. That was me. That, well, that wasn't slagging you or the show. No, off. I know, but I know, but that's what I'm saying. This is what... I didn't say you was... I don't, bloody don't, hell. I didn't say you were slagging... People. Russ, I didn't I say you were slagging... other people Russ, on Twitter or, or Russ, Facebook. I didn't say you were slagging the show off. You All need right. to calm down. It's you. What I'm saying is... What I'm saying is don't go funny again. I won't go funny again. It's nice to have a chew the fat. Another debate, isn't it? Even Josh? if you are wrong at the end of it, Russ, you're a good lad. To your opinion. Speak to you later in the week. Take care. Mate. Cheers, guys. Ta-ta. Oh, there we go. Enjoyed that, and that's how it should be. You have a good old argument, and at the end of it, you shake hands and say, "Well, that was good. I enjoyed that." Russ, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I hope you get a good night's sleep. Right, that's it. We're back tomorrow at ten or tonight at ten. Till then, ta-ta. Talk Radio. We got entertainment and we're not afraid to use it. Talk Radio.